the Zimmer News Network on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I don't want to hear or see the Republican Party. It is terrifying. The hypocrisy is just running rampant. Bunkers. Tonight, is gas rationing the answer? Yeah, well, Fargo, you, do you know what environmental racism is? I'm yes not they were wrong, and Donald Trump was right. Well, I think your listeners are some of the smartest listeners in America because they have the information that comes across your radio waves. All right, all right, all right. Well, how many lies per sentence do you say? Do you have a quota? Uh, are you a death-on-demand kind of guy, Dave? Can you, can you answer yeah, my question? Yeah, how many lies per sentence? Ooh, scary. This is Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yes, good morning this morning. Good morning, my people, all across the heartland, all across the greater Ozarks and beyond, wherever you may be listening to us around the planet on 93.3 AM 560 KWTO or at 93.3kwto.com. It is Wednesday, June the 28th, 2023, 5.36 in the AM. Thanks for joining us here on Wake Up Springfield. I, of course, am Tim Jones, former speaker of your Missouri House, joined by Cass Bowen Anderson, our executive producer, Don Luzader, our news director. We've got a fantastic happy hump day show for all of you all here on this Wednesday. We've got Tim's top three, parts one, two, and three at 6.05, 7.05, and 8.05. The AccuWeather update, all important AccuWeather update coming to you right after that 6.15 break. Around 6.20, we'll speak with uh, Jeff from AccuWeather, AccuWeather.com about the heat is on. Not too bad so far this week. Springfield right now actually 74 degrees and AccuWeather.com reporting a little rain in the area. I'll look at the uh, radar here to see exactly where that is. We do have a heat advisory in effect, though, as we're approaching what is likely going to be the hottest day of the week. And I would argue, I would, I would imagine the hottest day of the year thus far. Supposed to hit the century mark for the next couple of days. And then we will cool off. Hopefully these um, these spikes in these spikes and drops in heat will result in more rain. Uh, yeah, there's a pretty good sell right now. It looks like there's no rain in Springfield proper right now, but there's there's rain to our north. There's a little bit of rain to our west. There's a lot of rain to our south. Branson looks like it's getting soaked right now. A little bit of yellow and orange, lots of green in there. So at least there's some relief in our region. And we'll bring you all the updates. We'll bring you all the updates and all the details on the uh, on the heat advisory and the specifics of the next two days. So you're not going to want to miss that around 6.20 this morning. 6.35, Brenda Talent, the CEO of the Show Me Institute, will join us. Brenda has got a great topic here today. At least I thought so yesterday when I looked at what her folks sent over. And that would be... Yes, the upcoming Supreme Court decision on the student loan forgiveness. We talked to our buddy in Michigan on Monday about that very subject, uh, Kurt O'Keefe. Remember, he was the guy who said he's got the solution to all this because I had asked him, I said, okay, first of all, this thing that Biden did, totally, totally patently unconstitutional, right? And done just to get votes in the 2022 
election cycle. And he said, absolutely. It's going to, it, it's going to be, it should be, unless, you know, the wheels just completely come off the wagon, should be ruled unconstitutional sometime this week. This is the week the Supreme Court is dropping a ton of decisions. I don't remember. There was a big one yesterday. Dan Bongino unpacked it a little bit. It was about the uh, redistricting issue. Complicated case about independence of state legislatures. The left is celebrating that. I saw Barack Obama put out a big celebratory win. Oh, thank God the federal government reigns supreme. Oh, you stupid states. You know, if we, if we let the, if we leave the states up to their own devices, we'll have slavery again. Oh, racist. Uh, so I don't know. Dan Bongino said, look, bad decision, not the end of the world. Okay. It had to do with redistricting and gerrymandering. We're all, we're all worried about ultimately. What we're worried about is the nationalization, the federalization of elections. So that's why Barack Obama would be celebrating something that that leaves that. I think that door was left open. I need to get some more details on that. And, well, we'll have Zach Smith on tomorrow. He's back from vacation, so we can unpack that then. But I do know that that big Supreme Court case dropped. I don't think anything else dropped. We are waiting for that student loan case. And so it's great to talk to Brenda about that because that case could drop today right after we get off the air. So you're going to you're going to want to listen to that segment at 6:35 because as long as the court doesn't screw this one up um that should go in favor of uh sanity and not having the student government bail out everything. See they they want you do, do you see the circle here? So federal government, state governments give tons of money, millions, billions of dollars to the K through 12 and the higher education system. In this case, we're talking about the higher education system, right? And then, of course, the leftists and the liberals flood into these areas. They teach your kids, uh, that they're either oppressors or oppressed. They teach them all this DEI theory, the, you know, the transgender cult invasion, everything else, you know, so just, just cesspools of, it, it's really sad how far most of higher education has fallen since the time when I participated in it back in the day. It was always liberal. It was never leftist. It was never communist. It was never never promoted a Marxist ideology from the moment you walked in the door. Well, it's doing that now. And so then they they raise their they raise their prices. They they get all this money from the federal government so they can raise their prices. Then students subscribe to these loans to pay off this, and then the federal government just forgives the loans. And so you, the taxpayer, end up paying for the perpetual indoctrination of the Marxist ide- ideology to our kids. And, and, and the kids don't have to pay for it, right? So it's just a perpetual circle of failure in my mind. So we'll talk to Brenda all about that at 635. Dr. Randy Tobler, our freedom warrior woke destroyer. We'll see if Dr. Randy Tobler and I get in a tussle or agree today. You never know what's going to happen when the good doctor comes on. I saw him over the weekend. Uh, it was good to see him live. We were at an event together. I hadn't seen him in a, hadn't seen him in about six months or so. Run into doc every, every, uh, every few months or so. And, uh, we'll talk to him about the ongoing saga involving Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the Biden criminal crime family. Did you know that the New York Times reported the fact that the whistleblowers were 100% correct? Now, you had to go down to like paragraph 35, but it's in there. What does that mean when the New York Times itself confirms what the IRS whistleblowers said about the Hunter Biden probe? What did they say about it? Well, we've been talking about this all week. Basically that it was jury rigged, right? that the heavy hand of Merrick Garland was present throughout the whole thing. And they weren't able to, the IRS was not able to fully investigate Hunter Biden. The Department of Justice basically prevented them from doing so. The New York Times reported on it in page, uh, on, on paragraph 21 of their report. 
The DOJ essentially was accused of blocking U.S. Attorney David Weiss from bringing harsher charges against the president's son, right? Quid pro quo, right? Isn't it amazing that Trump-Russia collusion was completely fabricated out of whole cloth? There never was any evidence to this very day of even a shred of uh, – not even a shred of a fact that Donald Trump and his campaign or anybody in his family had anything to do with the Russian government as to the 2016 election. But we actually have real live whistleblowers and not just one. We have many of them. We have have U.S. attorneys like David Weiss coming forward. We have other other people in the IRS coming forward. We have a hundred some odd suspicious activity reports from the U.S. Treasury itself. Like like the U.S. Treasury, the U.S. Treasury didn't make up those suspicious activity reports about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the Biden criminal crime family. Those activity reports were generated because they happened, right? Suspicious suspicious activity with the Bidens happened, so the reports were generated. See how that works? That's actual evidence. That's real factual things. Millions of dollars literally have changed hands, right? We've got people in Ukraine stepping forward and saying, oh yeah, it was a bribe. And we have insurance policies. We have audio, we have, we have uh, audio tapes as insurance policies in case anything happens to us. So real people talking about real things with real documents and real evidence. <laughs> That's what's happening in this matter. And nobody in the mainstream media, well, I guess now the New York Times is covering it on page on paragraph 21 of their report. I'll give you the details on that. And we'll talk to Dr. Randy Tilber about that. And will, will the deep state finally give up the Bidens? That's the question here. Are they going to become such a liability to the message of the continuation of leftist liberalism that they're going to have to throw the messenger under the bus with Kamala Harris and the lowest approval rating for a vice president in U.S. history standing in the wings? Tristan Justice of The Federalist going to join us. We're going to talk about some of those topics with uh, Tristan as well. Uh, oh, and we're going to get into Adam Schiff's. Got to be careful how I say his name because I want to say different things. Adam Schiff for Brains, censure just scratching the surface. Yeah, Tristan Justice did a deep dive into the life and times of Adam Schiff and all the lunatic lying that he has subjected the country to. Adam Schiff was censored. Most Americans have no idea why. And now most Americans have probably forgotten it happened. So we're going to go through all those details because we were dragged through the muck and the mud for nearly three years on something that was a complete fake and phony claim. Adam Schiff rides on the rails of Russian collusion just to get elected in California, right? That's what he's doing this for. He's running for U.S. Senate. So he's going to embrace this censure. He's going to say that he is a martyr and that he is being, you know, that he is being persecuted by the horrible, evil Republicans who want to do nothing more than tear down our republic. So that's the show for today, including the morning dump coming up at 845. Cass, Don, how y'all doing this morning? What's going on? What's happening in your worlds? Well, uh, we thought we were going to get some severe weather overnight. You were talking about the weather earlier, and it got right up to uh, just west of the Missouri line, and then it fizzled out. So, uh, so areas in extreme southwest Missouri got some pretty heavy rainfall last night, but... We had no severe weather here in southwest Missouri. Yeah, Donna, the uh, the radar shows a pretty big cell hugging the Missouri-Arkansas line. Yes. Well south of Springfield, but it looks like Branson and those areas got a lot of rain, and it's heading towards West Plains and Poplar Bluff right now. So yeah. deep southern Missouri may have gotten some moisture, but the rest of us... Nope, high and dry here. Left high and With dry. our first heat advisory... 
starting today. First heat advisory this summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cass, what's going on in your world? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I thought it was really funny whenever you said that statement about Kamala Harris receiving the lowest vice president um, you know, approval rating in, in U.S. history. I was literally reading that on my phone, on the Daily Caller page, as you were saying it, and I just was reminded that we have a Vulcan mind meld. She's horrible, yes. right? And you know, and they don't know what to do with her, right? So there, there's a lot of people who say, oh, we just got to get Kamala out more. Okay, maybe you do. No. So then they trot her out. And she does something stupid and, and, and her approval rating falls, faller, falls further. Folks, just to put some numbers on it, her approval rating is 32%. She's like 10 points below Biden in most polls. So that's why, look, if, if there was a really popular vice president right now, I would imagine they would have found a way to just move dementia Joe over into the corner. You know, they would have gotten rid of him by now. The left would have, they would have figured something out. Oh yeah, he's not doing well, but, but they can't put Kamala Harris in because she's 10 points lower. Yeah. Look, Kamala Harris is not a dumb person. She's just a horrible person and she cannot speak in public. No matter how many appearances they try to give, they tried to give her, reading time about space rockets with kids and she screwed that up you know what i mean she's terrible well she just her latest public appearance was she did a sit-down interview with kiki palmer who's like a singer actress person like a c-lister and she sat down with kiki palmer and they were talking about doulas and childbirth and pregnant people and nothing presidential nothing about politics i mean they she wants to be a evening you know or sunday morning talk radio host like that's what she wants to do with her life apparently because that's the kind of stuff she does she gets out and she reads books to kids about space she talks about yellow school buses she talks about childbirth and i mean she should be like the fifth member of the view happy talk for happy people yes you know in the meantime americans want to talk about uh the price of uh, groceries at the grocery store but she doesn't know important to us she doesn't know how to talk about those things no she was made the border czar you guys remember that Mm -hmm. she's supposed to be in charge of the crisis at the border and she's barely been there she like she like she like stopped by the border on her way to china or something i mean she's just a mess uh meanwhile Tucker Carlson is out with episode seven of Tucker on Twitter. How did we get to episode seven? I feel like we missed a few. I remember the first three and now we're on seven. So, you know, I know I was, I know I was out a couple days. Maybe that's when he dropped those. But anyway, episode seven, we'll play some clips from that today. Irony alert, the war for democracy enables dictatorship. I have a feeling I know what he's talking about there. We'll deliver some of that to you. Some of that brilliance to you as Tucker on Twitter rolls on. You wake up this morning, you see Tucker on Twitter already has the latest episode, seven, nearly seven million views. So, you know, you would think that as these come out, okay, look, the first one or two, everybody's going to at least look at it, right? Even the leftists and the people who hate him. Then the numbers, they're going to drop. They're going to level off. Remember, folks, nighttime television, everybody knew where Tucker was every night, right? Everybody knew what time he was on. At, at his peak, at his peak, he was at like three three and a half million, okay, at his peak. And that's a lot of viewers to watch television. It's insane that 6.8 million people 
within the last 12 hours have bothered to to find Twitter, fire up Twitter, and watch this video. 6.8 million views. His last one, episode six, Bobby Kennedy is winning, 29 million views. So if people thought that Tucker was going to be a flash in the pan on Twitter, um, 29 million people would say to the contrary. I'm just saying. All right, let's get to a break and to our national anthem. Cass, who do we have today? Pentatonics. Pentatonics, folks, here in the land of the free because of the brave. At 93.3 AM 560 KWTO, we begin every day with our national anthem. Can you see the Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. The new Justice Department competence and misconduct of the federal prison that housed notorious sex offender Jeffrey Epstein when he mysteriously died in what has now officially been ruled a suicide. The DOJ inspector general agreed with the FBI that Epstein's death was indeed suicide, but the IG says the prison created the perfect conditions for it by removing Epstein's cellmate and failing to search Epstein's cell or regularly check on inmates. The board of prisons says procedures have already been improved. Fake mm-hmm. news. New York t- Fake yeah. news. Yeah. He he was they meant to say Cass he was suicided. He was suicided, right? That's right. what happened to him. Even the New York Times reporting report on Epstein's death finds errors and mismanagement at Manhattan prison, right? So, uh at Manhattan jail. The Inspector General's report comes nearly 4 years after that's that's not quite as long as the Hunter Biden investigation, but really close. Folks, do you see what's going on here? It doesn't matter what the topic is. It can be political, non-political. This is all about the uber elitist in this country protecting their own, protecting 
the pedophile, the sex traffic, the, the sex trafficking ringleader, Jeffrey Epstein, because that little black book probably had a lot of their freaking names in it, allegedly. Right. So this is all about protecting their own. This is all about there, there's a group of people, folks. And I'm, I'm not saying this is anything that organized. It doesn't really need to be. Once you become uber wealthy and uber leftist, you're just in the club, right? There's no dues. They don't have like a daily meeting, but they all they, they all go to their confabs together. What do you think the World Economic Forum is run by Klaus Schwab? OK, these are there. there is a group of people. And look, they change all the time. It's not that it's not that mysterious. It's out there, though. And the suicided death of Jeffrey Epstein proves it. All right. Sorry, I'm about to get on my high horse here. But we got to wrap up and get to Tim's top three. Maybe we'll talk about that in that topic, including the fact that Bidenomics is apparently good for you. All of that next. 93.3 and 560. More ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment. 90% of new car buyers want the tried and true AM FM radio option. Hi, I'm Don Lusader. Gadgets are great, but when you're behind the wheel, you just want that local connection that can't be replicated. Local AM-FM radio is dependable and free, with no subscription or cellular data required. And as the backbone of the emergency alert system, we are here to keep you safe in danger. There's no reason for them not to work with us on this investigation. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. It's time for Tim's Top 3. Ha-ha! The heat is on. The heat is on. Yeah, the heat is on. The heat is on. It's going to be pretty warm today. It's going to be hot in the hot tub tomorrow and the next day. Take precautions now. Make sure you're well hydrated, well cooled, and check on your neighbors and friends who may need assistance. Get those pets indoors. Going to be very hot in the old town tonight and over the next few days. So, We'll keep you advised on that. The all-important AccuWeather update, Don and Jeff are going to bring you that around 6.20-ish, right after our 6.15 break. It's up just around the corner where you get all the gory details. However, I don't think the heat in the century, I don't think the century mark is going to stay with us for very long. Thank goodness. And will we get any rain? That is the most important question. How about we do number two? <laughs> Everyone asking now this very question are the walls closing in on old Dementia Joe? Uh, Spectator World reporting this morning, you don't have to choose between the allegations against Biden and Trump. Both sets could both be true. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if Donald Trump did anything improper, illegal or not, but I would think not. That's where I'm going to come down on it, just so you all know. On the other hand, why is Joe not even being investigated for it? Right. See, that's the problem. It's all get Trump, get Trump, get Trump. But now with the classified document situation, the same exact, nearly, nearly the same identical set of facts. And in Joe's cases, arguably worse set of facts exist. With Trump, it's indict him every six ways from Sunday. But with Biden, it's up, just whistle past the graveyard. Folks, that's the makings of a banana republic. That's a country in which the rule of law and the, the, the rule of law and law and order is tossed out the window in favor of a corrupt corporate media and a 
willing law enforcement branch doing their bidding. That's a dangerous place for which us to reside. Well, the Chinese, the communist Chinese must be so proud of us these days. How about we do number three? Well, on the heels of that story, let me tell you about what's going on in New Hampshire land. New Hampshire will be the home of the first primary in the country. Iowa will have the first caucus, caucuses, the caucuses, the raucous caucuses at the end of January. Um, I think like the third week of January. And then right after that, the last week of January, the New Hampshire primaries. Guess what's going on there? Trump's lead over DeSantis growing in the Granite State as various GOP challengers emerge. Didn't I tell you that was going to happen? The more people that jump into the pond, the better off for Donald Trump. He's just floating around on that big old, that big old pink unicorn floaty. That's right. Just watching them all try to tread water in single digits. Ron DeSantis not having the rollout he wanted. We'll see if things repair for him. We've got a long way to go. Look, I know I told you January, but you know, it is only June. You've got a good six months. A lot of the candidates will be all over Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, the first three states. That's Tim's top three, part one, here on a Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, 6, 10 a.m. in the Heartland. Iowa Silver, away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Happy hump day to all you all. Don, I heard you report that the Cardinals had a come-from-behind victory. Usually the opposite is true these days, but they managed to... Act like their old selves last night, didn't they? Yeah, this is a couple games in a row. They did that in the last uh, game in, in London where they fell behind 4 nothing, And then last night they fell behind by a couple of runs and came back and won the game 4-2 to two over the Houston Astros to open a series at Bush Stadium. And uh, Jordan Montgomery uh, picked up a much-needed win for the Cardinals. Still in last place, uh, still eight games behind the Reds, but uh, they have now won six out of their last ten games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good indeed. Fantastic. Uh you know, <laughs> Bud Light, um, they're trying to repair their image, right? And they did fire, they did fire both of the individuals who were in charge of um the advertising campaign regarding Dylan Mulvaney. So the the crazy leftist lady that we talked about, I forget what her name was, Alyssa something or other, and she's been terminated. So at first we all thought they just got put into the back office for a while, and they did. That is what happened. They were removed from the front lines. They were relegated to the uh, 35th floor or whatever of uh, AB InBev HQ. And the latest report, though, was that they've both now been terminated. However, um, Dr. Bob Onder on his Twitter feed, which you should follow, folks. He's got a great Twitter feed, at Bob Onder Mo. He he found this clip that uh, a Twitter handle by the name of Lionhearted tweeted out. Uh, Lionhearted, definitely a conservative Twitter feed, found that Bud Light is a proud partner of a raunchy pride show. What are they doing? Are they trying to dig the hole deeper? Like this is a new thing, right? So they're featured as as part of this, and this man this. This video I'm watching right now that's on Twitter, it is not appropriate. It is not appropriate for early morning radio, I'll tell you that. There's some things in here I wish I could unsee. Uh, but they're a proud partner of a raunchy – because you can see. So what, what happens is – and you're like, what are you talking about? So they, they've got the stage, and there's these god-awful – I don't know. I don't know. I think these are men playing women, but I, I, it's really hard to tell. They pan back. They pan back and over to the side – there's a huge Bud Light banner 
right in front of the stage. So there you go. So unless it's AI and you never know these days, right? It looks like Bud Light hasn't learned much of its lessons. Maybe these were contracts that had already been inked and they're going to stop doing such silliness. I mean, come on, know your audience. All right. It is 613 in the AM, Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. Did you hear Corinne Jean-Pierre this week talking about the wonders of Bidenomics? Yeah, she said something like, yeah, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Bidenomics. She was like going on and on for like five minutes about the word Bidenomics and how it how it just it's it's so pleasing to the ear. And boy, isn't it great for America? Uh, we just reported on Monday that according to NBC News and their polling outfit, 71 percent of Americans think that the country is going in the wrong direction. Hmm. I wonder why they think that. Who would you blame that on? Why would the country, who would be taking the country in that wrong direction? The guy in the White House, the guy with the horrible economic plan, lack of vision, and outright destruction of our economy. Historic high inflation, people really trying. There's another report. Did you know that most Americans, they are not prepared for an emergency? Most Americans have zero savings. And and Corinne Jean-Pierre is saying Bidenomics rolls off the tongue and is great for America. It's just outright delusion, just outright and complete delusion. KJP, I believe, also continuing to ignore our favorite reporter from South Africa, Simon Ateba. See if I can get that video, that uh, that sound for you as well. It's 6.15 in the a.m. It is time for us to step aside. Don Luzader has a traffic update. And then, as we've been teasing all morning up to this point, we're going to have that all-important AccuWeather update. What kind of heat and humidity and lack of rain can we expect over the next couple of days maybe we'll get a break from the summer doldrums don and jeff will bring you all that in just a momento here at 93.3 am 560 kwto traffic from the kwto traffic center no major traffic slowdowns to tell you about want to let you know though that southbound fremont avenue will be closed to through traffic today between bennett and portland streets that's going to start about 8 30 this morning and go through 4 30 this afternoon crews are going to be doing sewer work in the area Southbound traffic advised to follow the posted detour via Bennett Street and National Avenue. Of grievance instead of a culture of greatness. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Hot, hot. Yes. Not for much longer. Jeff from AccuWeather joining us. Uh, Jeff, we did actually have some rain move through the Ozarks overnight. Uh, we still have some off to the south of Springfield right now, but uh, we missed that severe weather. It looks like uh, right about uh, just before it got to the Missouri state line, it kind of began to fizzle out. It, it petered out indeed, and really the rain wasn't a whole lot. It was only just a brief little shower and then you know what's left of it now sitting right along the border but uh it was interesting we stopped the song you know it, it was hot 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 end it <laughs> yes that would be the uh, the three big words of the day hot 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 so with this little rain moving through the area and uh, and going off to the east now what's going to be left behind is uh 
like the hottest weather we've experienced so far this year, correct? It, correct, yeah. It's really going to be up there. So we got uh, three days of over or at 100 degrees for the um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Felt that coming. Um, three days of over 100 degree weather, and then we regulate back into the uh, 90s and even a spotty 80 popping up on Sunday. Wow. Well, so take us through that. What First of all, today, what we, uh, can we expect in the Ozarks today? So it's going to still be pretty windy, and uh, we'll see kind of bouncing between cloudy and sunny. We'll see some at uh, periods throughout the day. It's going to reach 101 degrees. The uh, AccuWeather real field temp going up a little bit higher, uh, peaking at about 105. So really it's going to be uh, pretty sticky out there with those dew points in the 70s. So keep that in mind. If you have anything that you need to do outside, just uh, make sure you avoid dehydration and you know further heat stroke by staying hydrated. Uh, tonight we end up clear, still staying in that humid zone, uh, 76 degrees. Sunny to partly cloudy tomorrow, 103. That's going to be the peak heating uh, day. And then as we go into Friday, it's uh, mostly sunny, 100 degrees. The wind is also going to be breezy to windy uh, the next three days as well. Tomorrow's AccuWeather Real Field peaks at about 106. And then uh, the peak is about 101 to 102 on Friday. So three days uh, of triple-digit temperatures here in southwest Missouri. Yep, and uh, and the overnights are giving very literally from it too because we're not seeing 60s. We're going to be uh, in the mid to upper 70s. Well, obviously, holiday weekend uh, coming up. A lot of folks are getting out of town with the uh, fourth falling on a Tuesday this year. What can we expect Saturday and Sunday? Well, so as we look ahead to the weekend, uh, there is going to be some early shower and storms pushing through Saturday, and then the strongest are expected to be in central and eastern areas, more closer towards. Um, excuse me, Illinois, and then on Sunday, we have a chance of some stuff in the morning. Otherwise, the day looks pretty dry. Monday into Tuesday, spotty showers, maybe a rumble of thunder, and on July 4th itself, mainly across central and eastern areas, Uh, but as we get closer to the evening, there could be some shower activity uh, that reaches back into the uh, Ozarks, so we'll be keeping a very close eye on that. from a fireworks perspective, if you're worried about, like, will they go or not, let me tell you something about being a pyrotechnic. Okay. We cover those fireworks with, you know, a, like, waterproof seal. So, typically, we can do the show, rain or shine. Uh, obviously, it just impacts the, you know, ability to watch it from outside your car as opposed to in it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Overall, though, and we're used to kind of a sunny, hot 4th of July, I I guess we're going to have that. Uh, It's not going to be like an all-day rain event, correct? Correct, yeah. So Tuesday itself, the actual holiday uh, in general is dry. But as we get closer to the evening time frame and overnight when fireworks typically begin, there is some uh, hint of seeing some rain showers and could even hear a rumble of thunder from some of the stronger storms. But right now, uh, it's you know very light and very little, more into Arkansas as opposed to Missouri, and I'll be keeping an eye on that. Gotcha. And so looking ahead at the next seven days, and I think you've already addressed this, but just to uh, to make sure... Uh, you're not, not no real big signs of severe weather for our area. No, not off the top of you know what I can see because there's no real like huge front going through. Saturday in eastern areas could be, uh, but not in southwestern Missouri. Okay, very good. And then just qu- quickly, Jeff, as you look past the fourth, 
into the the latter part of last week uh any relief in the form of any cooler temperatures well yeah so i mean even starting uh this weekend we'll be in the mid 90s at first saturday and then uh, mid 80s sunday back in the low to mid 90s monday and tuesday so the heat is just it 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 just kind of you know uh texas said here i'm going to share some of it and then uh that gets pushed more to the east as we go into the weekend all right sounds like a pretty typical summertime forecast and uh and we will continue to talk about ways that we can beat the heat as we have you on this week, Jeff. And uh, we'll, I know you'll keep us up to date on the very latest with these uh, dangerously high temperatures. Oh, yeah, and I definitely will. And I have a little bit of a life hack, and that'll be for tomorrow. Okay, that sounds good. Jeff, yeah, Jeff, I got a quick question for you. There was a tropical depression of sorts in the Caribbean last week that they were worried might develop into a hurricane. But then... I stopped hearing about it, so I'm assuming that that kind of maybe fizzled and fell apart. Do you, do you Brett, know what I'm talking Brett about? Got, that was last Yeah, week. Brett got uh, absolutely ripped to shreds. <laughs> um, oh, for for lack news. of a better term, you know, once, once it hit the Caribbean, the wind shear was way too much and overpowered it. So it, it did hit the Lesser Antilles, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, after that pretty much got sheared off into nothingness um, as it get, got south of the, of the uh, Dominican Republic. Cindy, or what is left of, you know, tropical, of that tropical rainstorm, Cindy, is still trying to do something, but it is mainly a fish storm until it gets towards, uh, you know, Atlantic Canada. All right. Very good. Just in case folks were heading southward or to the Caribbean over the next few weeks for holiday. Very good in mm-hmm. the summer holidays. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Take care. We'll see you. All right. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. That'll be Thursday already. My goodness, yeah. All right, folks, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Uh, <clears throat> what does my older daughter say? The runner. She always says, hydrate or dihydrate. That's what Katie always says. <laughs> and she is right. Always sounds a little. She's right. It's kind of, it's a severe lesson for us to learn. That is for sure. So, <clears throat> Simon Ateba was the one. I was reporting on this before we went to break. Simon Ateba who happens to be a black reporter from South Africa, uh, was the one that got into a tussle once again with Corinne Jean-Pierre up at the White House. Now, you know, this is this is the left, right? So because of the color of his skin, right, you would think that Corinne Jean-Pierre would uh, celebrate Simon Ateba, right? And then what they tell us, you know, that, you know, the color of your skin is what matters. Apparently it does these days. That's what Marxist ideology, uh, that's what Marxist CRT tells us. Well, Here's the problem. Simon Ateba apparently has the has the wrong philosophical political persuasion. And so because of his ideology, Simon Ateba is basically treated in a racist manner. She never calls. She ignores him. Uh, some might say she makes Simon Ateba sitting in the back of the bus. Oh, we've got the sound on that. Cass, can you uh, tee that up? I sent that to you. Uh, via direct message there, uh, the White House briefing that turned into utter chaos yesterday when Simon Ateba asked Corinne Jean-Pierre once again, probably for like the 50,000th time, why are you ignoring me? Here's what happened after that. Discriminating against me for the past nine months. Stop. How is she discriminating you? No, she, she, she called on you. She just gave you a few questions. I just need a question, question in nine months. Ask a question. Please, Go ahead, allow me to do my job and ask my question. When you say that you're the journalist, I've been discriminating again. If this continues, we're going to end the press briefing. If this continues, you're being incredibly rude. Stop. You're pretty rude. 
Yeah, you're being incredible. You're asking questions of the press secretary because she refused. You know, do, do, do you guys ever watch the press briefing? This is what everybody does. Everybody shouts out questions. Everybody's rude, okay? The problem is she won't call on him. You like how the other lemmings uh, there in the press briefing room kind of jumped in to help? They're like a bunch of barracuda. They're like a bunch of piranha right in the pond. But he is getting discriminated against. He said, why are you discriminating against me? They're like, oh, ask your question. Well, he would ask his question if you all shut up and let him ask it. Do you see how they drowned him out? This is a totalitarian administration, and we are living in a totalitarian authoritarian state, right? Simon Ateba is the right color, right? You would think, but the problem is he's the wrong ideology. So therefore, Corinne Jean-Pierre and the Biden White House don't want to hear from him. Did you hear the uh, corporal punishment that she uh, did there too? Well, if this continues, we're just going to end the briefing. How convenient would that be for her? Yeah, Don, that's not supposed to that's not supposed to be how press conferences go in a democratic state. Don, do you right. remember whether you loved him or hated him? Do you don't you yearn for the days of yesteryear when Donald Trump would stand outside the helicopter and talk to reporters for an hour and a half until they were exhausted? Yep. And and, and he would his, wear them out. Yep. And sometimes, you know, he would get on my nerves with the way that he treated the press, but at least he talked to the press. He would communicate he with was the there. press. Yeah. <laughs> When was the last time, Don, you saw Joe Biden in a press gaggle? Yeah, no. Doesn't happen. It's been a long time, if ever. All right, just pointing out the hypocrisy of uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre and the rest of the national corporate media. Uh, We wish that Simon Ateba, who's the lead reporter from like the South African press or something like that, never gets to ask a freaking question. Uh, All right, we're going to talk to, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court and a student loan decision. Yeah, the Biden bailout decision, that could come out as early as today. It's already Wednesday, folks. It's already very close to the end of June. The court's wanting to get the heck out of Dodge, that's for sure. So a lot of cases are going to drop. What will happen with the student loan bailout case? We'll talk to Brenda Town, the Show Me Institute, about that after Don Luzader's local news you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News Time 631. A few clouds. 73 in Springfield. Sunny and hot today with a high of 98 degrees. Heat index readings up around 106. National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for most of southwest Missouri. It goes from this afternoon all the way to Friday evening. Forecasters predicting heat index readings of 100 to 109 during the next three days with the highest heat values expected Thursday and Friday. You should drink plenty of fluid, stay in an air-conditioned room and out of the sun, and take extra precautions if you work or spend time outdoors. One of two men accused of murdering Cassidy Rainwater in Dallas County back in 2021 has pleaded guilty. Timothy Norton pleaded guilty to first-degree murder during a court appearance on Tuesday, a judge sentenced him to life in prison without parole. Co-defendant James Phelps entered an Alford plea earlier this year and was also sentenced to life in prison without parole. The two men kidnapped Rainwater and kept her in a cage before torturing and murdering her. The body of a man from Shell Knob has been found in Table Rock Lake a day after he went missing. Harry Chamberlain, 62 years old, went missing Monday morning near the Kings River Arm of Table Rock Lake. At the Missouri Route 86 of Americans, someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. 
With a major decision ruling state lawmakers do not have loan control over important election decisions, eyes will now be on a number of cases, especially when it comes to education. One of those includes President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, which is now dependent on the Supreme Court for it to take effect. The policy would forgive about $400 billion in student loans for borrowers across the country, but state attorneys general from Republican-led states argue the policy needs to be passed by Congress. Other cases could have an impact on affirmative action in college admissions and the extent employers must go to satisfy someone's religious liberty. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. A lot of big cases yet to be dropped by the Supreme Court this week before they get the heck out of Dodge. That usually occurs around 9.05 a.m. Central, right after we, of course, get off the air. But let's perhaps preview that student loan decision with our next guest. We've got Brenda Talent now joining us as she does every Wednesday morning, the CEO of the Show Me Institute. Well, I guess you could say the swamp is alive and well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My friend Harry and I have every intention of fully reimbursing you. Billions and billions of dollars just sort of roll off their tongues easily. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up. Every cent's accounted for. Congress, before Christmas, went on a spending spree. 275000 Might want to hang on to that one. ain't going nowhere! As she often does, as she almost does every uh, Wednesday morning, Brenda Talent joining us once again from the Show Me Institute, showmeinstitute.org, at Show Me on Twitter. Brenda, good morning to you. Welcome back to KWTO. Good morning, Tim. It's good to be back. So, Brenda, I know we're going to dig deep into the student loan decision, but another related matter would be the fact that uh, they're rolling out Bidenomics, Brenda, this week from the White House. Now, Brenda, I guess you can try to put lipstick on this dead stinking pig, but I don't know that, Brenda, I don't know that Bidenomics is something to celebrate, is it, given all of the economic metrics that Americans have been subjected to over the last few years? And Brenda, we had polling this week from NBC News showing that 71% of Americans think the country is going into the wrong, is going in the wrong direction. And it's usually always about the economy, right, Brenda? Well, the the economy is not exactly rocking, and um, there's <laughs> a lot of concern about which direction we're going to end up going. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know if there's a betting line on recession or not, or what's going to happen with inflation. So I, I think people are very nervous, and I think they have a right to be. We still have a lot of federal money coming into the economy. That's not a healthy thing for, for the U.S., so... Um, yeah, no, I, I just like economics. I, <laughs> I don't need a person's name in front of it. <laughs> it's especially Joe Biden's. Brenda, relating to that concern, relating to that anxiety, is the massive amount of student loan debt that has been undertaken by so many of the current generation and the generation ahead of them. Uh, Brenda, before we get into the details of the Supreme Court decision, Brenda, student loan debt, is a major problem. It's not, whatever the Supreme Court decides this week is not going to solve it. It's just going to perhaps reset the apple cart on it. But student loan debt, the price for education, especially higher education these days, is really disconcerting, isn't it? It is. And and the amount of debt that they estimate that is out there is staggering. It's like 1.8, almost $2 trillion of debt related to higher education. And, um, you know, when you look at some of the numbers and the amount of debt people are carrying, that's astronomical too. And you just ask yourself, well, how did they get there? And, um, 
it, it's it, it's troubling in that you have a number of people who took out loans who probably shouldn't have gone to college, it just didn't make sense, or who started college, took out loans, didn't finish college. So when incurring that debt might make sense if you are actually going to end up getting the final degree you anticipate so that you can go and get that better job and, and earn higher income, um, not making it through the program and having the debt is sort of like a double whammy for you because you don't get the better job and you still have, and you have a lot of debt that you have to pay off. So um, that, that's a lot of debt, 1.8, but that's including federal and private loans that individuals have. Uh, the Biden plan, loan forgiveness plan, would only deal with federal grants like Pell Grants, something called Parent Plus. But even that, we're estimating that that's about $400 billion that, um, that could possibly be forgiven under his plan. Mm-hmm. And and Brenda, isn't isn't all of the spending that the federal and state governments constantly do, especially in the realm of higher education, they're part of this problem, aren't they, Brenda? I remember I remember the talking points every single year in our budget discussions, and I know they're going on to this very day because I was at the Capitol this year during Budget Week, and everybody's always like, "Oh yeah, rah rah, sis boom ba, let's let's give more money to our state colleges." Isn't that a great thing? The problem, Brenda, the more that government subsidizes higher education, the more costly it becomes, right? That's exactly right. I mean, because, of course, you're driving up. The, the, the colleges can now increase their costs because they're going to have the government stepping in and, and subsidizing that. So it's, you know, we, we see tuitions that are, you know, you could buy a small house for what an annual tuition yes. is in some of these schools. And um, it is ridiculous. And, of course, the schools, uh, I would argue that they're not necessarily great actors in this because they're encouraging kids, again, who, because of these loans, have an opportunity to come to these schools. If these loans were not available, the kids would be making, and their parents would be making decisions about basically what are market rates. They might, in fact, do something like, go to community college for two years before they go to a four-year school, those types of things. But instead, they're told, oh, no, 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 you know, you'll have all of this financing available to you. And then they end up going to a school where they're not able to finish the program. Or when they finish it, they have a mountain of debt. And the job that they're going to take on will barely be a drop in the bucket in repaying that obligation. So then, Brenda, we put the uh, we put the spending on hyperdrive, and here comes Joe Biden and the Biden administration, Brenda, and arguably they've made it worse, right? So this loan forgiveness, boy, doesn't that sound great on its face, right, Brenda? What a what a nice new shiny object! And so for the people that did borrow, even though they signed a contract that said they would pay it back, I'm sure they're relieved as pie. But Brenda, again, that's that's a short term fix because it's not that it it gets forgiven. Who ends up paying it, Brenda, is the question. Well, well, all the taxpayers, of course, end up paying Uh it. Our our children and future uh, workers are going to end up paying it. Uh, And, of course, it is limited to certain individuals. So if you've got a private loan and you have an obligation, or if you work during school and avoided incurring debt, you don't get any kind of financial benefit. It's only the people who have these particular kinds of loans that get a benefit. So from a standpoint of, let's just say it doesn't make economic sense, but it also, it's not fair. (laughs) I mean, you can just go through it. And, And for those parents who saved up money 
to try to help their children not have debt when they go to college, well, they get nothing too. So, I mean, you can sort of go down the long list of why this doesn't make sense. And, and again, you know, um, it's the kind of thing that you and I, Tim, we're raised to believe you keep your commitments. Just sort of getting yes. a free ride on this when you saw it down on a dotted line doesn't make, and, and, and let, let me step back, because if you're an individual who have, uh, you know, certain issues going on, as a practical matter, you're not going to end up paying your loan anyway. So if you don't have the assets, if you don't have the ability, I mean, that's the reality of what's going on. Because even I, I mentioned, you know, there's $1.8 trillion worth of debt out there. I mean, the, 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 the econ- economists, the experts out there estimate that a large percentage of that um, may end up not being paid because of those kind of situations. But this is blanket, you know, let's just forgive all lo- loans um, for, for federal purposes is ridiculous. A number of these people have jobs. They're able to pay on their loan. And by the way, during COVID, payments on this were frozen. Uh, there was a zero interest rate imposed. So a lot of things were done during COVID, which made it a lot easier for people not to have to worry about these loans until the, the, the economy uh, restarted. So, um, you know, there, there are things that our federal government has already done to ensure that these individuals would have the ability to pay. And again, you know, you signed on the dotted line, you made a commitment, you ought to keep your commitment. So, Brenda, what are the legalities of all of this, uh, having you put on your, your speculative hat as to what the Supreme Court may or may not do within the next few days? What is the what is the constitutionality? What are the legalities of Joe Biden waving his magic pen and forgiving billions of dollars of student loan debt all across the country? Will that proposal stand or fall? Um. Boy, Tim, I could make a lot of money if I actually knew the answer to that. Um, <laughs> the court actually has scheduled um, uh, a non-argument day tomorrow, which is what they do when they're handing down decisions. So it looks like we're going to get some decisions tomorrow. Um, but it, it's a little bit complicated because what the Biden administration did was they said under the HEROES Act, which was an act that uh, Congress passed, and it provided that basically for active duty um, soldiers that if they're engaged in war or combat, that there's a, an ability for the Secretary of Education to make some waivers for those individuals. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. was contemplated. But Biden said, well, an emergent, a national emergency, I mean, that was the language used. COVID's a national emergency. Oh, we're going to forgive all these loans. And so that's the authority they issued. And then there's a concept in, in, in um the legal world, and Tim, you're very familiar with it, that in order to challenge an action, you have to have something called standing to sue. And that yeah. means that you must have a direct harm that's concrete related to what, what's happening. And so um, states brought lawsuits against this. They're, they're being challenged on the basis that there is no standing because the states cannot show a direct harm. Um, but uh, Missouri has an argument, and it's the one that um, is probably the best argument for standing, and that is our state's harm because our uh, Missouri um, Higher Education Authority generates revenue through these loans, and if you forgive these loans, they're not going to get generate that revenue, and they have an obligation to pay some to the state. So that's the direct harm. Um, you know, I think that if you can get past standing, that yes. 
there's an argument that Biden authority has exceeded their authority, and I would think that the, this loan forgiveness would be struck down. The key is, can they get past the standing issue? And that's what, I mean, if you if you go online and search it, that's what everybody's talking about, is ha- have, have the state been able to circumvent the, the issues re- related to standing? And when you're talking about $400 billion, um, you know, you're like, somebody ought to have standing on this. Yeah, boy, you would you would sure think so. Well, Brenda, we will be closely watching the Supreme Court for that decision today, very likely tomorrow, and then Friday as they wrap things up for this term. Show Me Institute, covering all those items and more at showmeinstitute.org, at showme on Twitter. Brenda, thanks so much for all your time, insight, and analysis this morning. Thank you for having me, Tim, and I urge your, your listeners to go on our website. We're having some events in Springfield and Joplin about the U.S. economy. Oh, great. We'll have to talk about those next week and the weeks ahead. We'll talk to you again soon, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Take care. There we go. All right. Who is going to be the next host of one of the most iconic game shows in the land? We talked about this a few weeks ago. They've made a decision. Some of you may already know that will be next after Don Luzader's traffic. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. No major traffic slowdowns to tell you about. Want to let you know that southbound Kimbrew remains closed to three traffic between St. Louis and Elm Streets in downtown Springfield. That should go, started on Monday, should go till about 5 o'clock this afternoon for city utilities to complete some utility improvements. Now, northbound traffic is going to stay open, but it's southbound lanes Kimbrew that are going to be affected. Motorists advised to follow the post of detour. Analysis, opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. A cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and a radio Vice President Kamala Harris received the worst rating in the history of that NBC poll. She had a negative net rating of 17 in her first two years of office. Yeah, welcome back to 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Kamala Harris, the worst ever. Not one of the worst, the worst ever. Yeah, Uh, Kamala Harris has the lowest approval rating. And I believe that was an NBC poll news poll i had it just a second here yes here it is so nbc news reporting courtesy of their poll that i wonder i wonder what the uh i wonder what the uh nbc news elites think when a poll comes out that shows like joe biden or kamala harris is like the worst ever nbc news is nbc news said harris's net minus excuse me 17 rating minus 17 rating was the lowest rating for a vice president in the history of its poll. I don't know when NBC News started polling, but they go back pretty pretty far. According to a new NBC News poll, only 32% of registered voters have a positive view of Harris. She has a 49% negative approval rate. I guess that would be a disapproval rating, including, so in that 49% that give her a negative view, 39%, a supermajority of that number, give her a 
very negative view. I wonder, I wonder if there was a category for super duper, extremely negative view, if people would uh, approve of that as well. Probably. <clears throat> this leaves Harris with a net minus 17 rating, which NBC News noted is the lowest for any vice president in the poll's history. <clears throat> Harris's minus 17 net rating lined up against the last four vice presidents in their tenure. So Mike Pence, despite the fact that he got brutalized by the media every single day, was only minus four in October of 2019. Joe Biden was actually at plus one way back in December of 2010. Dick Cheney was plus 23 in May of 2003. And Al Gore was plus 15 in March of 1995. So she's like lapping all of them in negative disapproval ratings. And look, she's the person, Kamala Harris is currently tasked. You know know all the tasks that Kamala Harris has been given? She was supposed to be the border czar. She was supposed to be the NASA czar. She was supposed to be the yellow electric school bus czar. So of all the tasks she's been given, the latest one is she's supposed to be the abortion czar, right? She's supposed to run around the country and tell young ladies and young women how wonderful and freeing having access to unlimited, unfettered abortion on demand is. And her approval ratings continue to go down. So those are two very different things, right? Abortion is unfortunately... I don't know if it's a 50-50 matter. It's close to that. It kind of swings back and forth. You would hope that we would be promoting a culture of life in this country instead of a culture of death. So you would hope that uh, that abortion would always be in disapproval status. But unfortunately, because the horrors of abortion are not properly discussed and it's being utilized as healthcare, uh, people view abortion as something much more pleasant than it actually is. It is a severely dangerous medical procedure that ends a human life. Let's be honest about what it is. They don't talk about it in that fashion. They talk about it as they talk about it in all these glowing terms, like abortion is something to be celebrated. Well, if you're a left-wing lunatic, you do celebrate abortion. It's reproductive justice. It's women's rights. It's women's health care. There's nothing healthy or care about murdering babies in the womb. Okay, that's just how I feel. You know how I feel about abortion. I'm extremely pro-life. Screw you if you're not. I can't help you. But anyway, isn't it interesting all you abortion on demand leftists, that the more Kamala Harris talks about your number one issue, and for many of you, it's your only issue, killing babies, why is it that her approval rating continues to go down? Sounds like she's the wrong messenger for your message. Or, dare I say, maybe your message is not resonating these days either. Interesting indeed. Yeah, one of the, no, not one of, the lowest approval rating ever for any vice president in history And it's not even close. Former senior White House uh, Trump advisor Stephen Miller tweeted, a remarkable achievement. Somebody, remember the whole we did it thing where she was on the phone with Joe Biden right after they got elected? We did it. We did it, Joe. Where she's like out in the woods in like her her sweats. She's like, we did it, Joe. So that was what GOP consultant Matt Wolking tweeted, parroting her call to Biden after their 2020 election victory. We did it, Joe. I'm the worst ever. But wait a minute says Edward Dowd. She's the first woman VP. This is a patriarchy bias. That's what NBC News is. They're in cahoots. They're in cahoots with the patriarchy. All right, we got to wrap up this hour. It is now 6.58 here in the heartland on Wake Up Springfield. When we come back, we will have 
the top of the hour news from Town Hall. We'll have the local news from Don Luzader. And then we'll have Tim's top three, part two, followed by the one and only Dr. Randy Tobler, Freedom Warrior, Woke Destroyer. All that's next at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Springfield's home of the Dan Bongino Show. Talking to this police officer was telling me my dad was a cop about when the Argentinian economy collapsed and it collapsed quickly. Now they were catching doctors and surgeons mugging people in the street to get money for food because it all broke down so fast. You think that can't happen here? Just like a virus can't break out here? Just like planes can't crash into two towers? Just like Russia would invade Ukraine? Dan Bongino. I don't know about you, but I start getting prepared today. Sounds like they... Traffickers and violent criminals. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. It's time for Tim's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy! Reporting on this all morning. Remember, the heat is on. It's going to start flooding into the heartland, into the Ozarks here in Springfield and our surrounding areas over the next 24 to 48 hours. We're going to possibly, very likely, most probably hit the century mark. Stay well hydrated. Get those pets indoors. Check on those seniors and take care of yourselves as well. Drink lots of water. Even if you're inside all day, you're going to be out, outside a little bit, right? You're going to be between the car. And it, it's it, 100 degrees, folks. That's hot. You got to stay hydrated. Wear, um, wear, wear your comfortable clothes, and uh, I recommend golf gear, and we'll get through this together. Maybe some rain, maybe some rain will fall on the plane because of the dramatic increases and then dropping in temperature. We're going to be like up in the hundreds, maybe the hundreds. Yeah, I said that. It may be over 100, and then back down to the 80s. Hopefully, that will bring storm fronts a-coming. How about we do number two? Hunter Biden finding himself in hotter water. Guess what just came out? This literally just happened over the last 12 hours while we were all probably asleep. And the House Oversight Committee released more WhatsApp messages. The walls are closing in on the Biden criminal crime family. That's just me saying that. They may not really be happening because, you know, of course, they're, 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 they're in a protection racket, right? The, the, the dysfunctional deep state protects them at all costs. But new Hunter WhatsApp messages show him demanding... $10 million in Chinese investment. I mean, come on. What more do we need? The drip, drip, drip has turned into a steady stream. House Republicans released more WhatsApp messages Tuesday between Hunter and a Chinese business associate. The first son, <laughs> as they're calling him, this is a Daily Mail story. It's great. Pushed that $10 million needed to be invested annually into the joint venture with CEFC China Energy. Hunter boasting in these messages that he could make $5 million at any law firm in America, adding, quote, the Bidens are the best at doing what the chairman wants. Holy Toledo. This should be the front page, top of the fold headline on the New York Times, the LA Times, and on CNN. But it won't be. The Communist News Network will completely ignore that. I'm going to give you more of those details in just a shakando. How about we do number three? Donald Trump surging in New Hampshire. 
yes, the Granite State voters are definitely turning towards Team Trump. Ron DeSantis not having the best rollout in the land, but we do have hmm, seven months or so until the first caucus votes will be, actually the first primary votes in New Hampshire will be counted. A week before that, they'll have the caucuses in Iowa. That's Tim's Top 3, Part 2, Part 2, for a Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, 7, 10 a.m. in the Heartland. Iowa Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Welcome back to the program, folks. It's Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, 7, 10, almost 7, 11 a.m., I'm Tim Jones, former speaker. If you're in Missouri House, you're listening to 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. You can find everything regarding our station and everything we have to offer to you, show lineups and more at 93.3kwto.com. Learn how to download our podcast there. Download our apps for your iPhone or Android. Carry us with you wherever you might go. Donald Zader with us this morning. He's our news director, along with Cass Bowen Anderson, our intrepid executive producer extraordinaire don what golf tournament do we have coming up this weekend what's up with the the pga live dp world tour whatever they're called whatever whatever the conglomerate is this week i think you just renamed the tour let me uh call the pga commissioner and uh and give him uh the news on the new name for the tour the rocket mortgage classic is happening uh this week in detroit Ah, i believe it's detroit Detroit. yes Uh uh-huh detroit michigan and, um, yeah, looks like, uh, a lot of notable names in the field. Uh, I certainly not everyone's in this one, but, uh, Ricky Fowler, uh, highlights, uh, the list, um, uh, trying to look at some of the other major names. Actually, there are not a lot of major name golfers that are playing in this particular tournament. Provides an opportunity for some of the up and comers, yes. right? To maybe mm-hmm. make a mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the tournament that heads into the, uh, Holiday weekend, there'll be some notables, but like Don mentioned, like I don't know that everyone will be there, but there'll be some notables on the uh, yeah. <laughs> on the in the in the field here. Um, uh, Tony Finau was the 2022 champion. I would imagine he would be there to defend his title. I would think so. Uh, Cam Davis, the 2021 champion. Um, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, this says featured in the field. So okay, so mm-hmm. Tony Finau is definitely playing. Yeah. Cam Davis, we know that name. Uh, let's see if anybody else. Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama. Keegan Bradley. So Keegan Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Keegan, Luke Donald. Um, Brian Harmon. Ricky Fowler is going to play. Darn, man. Ricky Fowler. Max Homa. Uh, Ricky Fowler just can't finish a freaking tournament. I mean, he's won a few, but boy, does he struggle yeah. on that fourth. That fourth day always seems to get him. That final round. And he just struggles mightily. Yeah, Zach Johnson, uh, who was, what did Zach, Zach is a Masters champion, and I think, did he win the Open Championship too? I'm not sure. So, Don, I think this is how this goes, right? So this week is the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I believe next week is the John Deere Classic. I think I have yes. that right. Uh-huh, that is correct. And then the Open Championship, right? I think that's how it goes. Uh, pretty sure that's how it happens. See. <clears throat> July 13th through the 16th is the Barbasol Championship. Let me see. The Open Championship is July 20th through the 23rd. Ah, it's a touch later mm-hmm. this year. So it looks like they maybe snuck another one in there. It looks like the, looks like it goes 
Uh, yeah, the John Deere is next week. It's uh, the 6th through the 9th, and that's up at that beautiful course. I always think it's in Iowa, but it's actually right across the river from Iowa. It's in Silvis, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So um, it's in Illinois. Uh, maybe one of the few good things in Illinois uh, is the John Deere Classic. That's July 6th through the 9th. Then, Don, the Barbasol. Then the Open Championship. So they, they got the Open Championship. Like It feels like it's a week later this year. That's the one they play across the pond. Royal Liverpool. <clears throat> so that would be in England, right? That would be mm-hmm. an English course, yes, uh-huh. I would imagine. Yeah. So we're returning to England. We're leaving the home of golf in Scotland, and we're heading just slightly south into England. Very good. So that's uh, for all of the, those. I mean, honestly, there's not much else going on in the sports world this time of year. It's a little bit of the summer doldrums. I mean, yeah, yeah, you've got Major League Baseball pretty much every single night. Uh, Cardinals definitely struggling there, but they're going to have the All-Star game coming up July 11th. Uh, and so, you know, the PGA Tour can occupy our interests until we head towards go. later in the summer, early in the fall, when we start talking football and stuff like that. All right, it is 7.15. Don't want to take any way, don't want to take any way, let me start over. Don't want to take any time away from Dr. Randy Tolbert. He's up next, Freedom Warrior, Woke Destroyer. We'll ask him about these new Hunter WhatsApp messages that came out, where it looks like the Biden criminal crime family doing what they do best, according to Hunter Biden. What would that be, Hunter? Oh, I don't know bribery, extortion, quid pro quos. It's all here in black and white. Will the media finally start reporting on this? Will the walls be closing in on the Biden crime family or will Merrick Garland continue to protect them? We'll ask Dr. Randy Tolbert his prognostications on all that and more when we come back after Don Luzader's Traffic You Need to Know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Traffic looking overall very good around the area. I'm looking at uh, I-44 and Glenstone. The uh, traffic cameras uh, there at that busy intersection and interchange. And uh, looks like a pretty heavy traffic volume of Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. out some new messaging in its effort to tout the president's handling of the economy. Bidenomics is what they're calling it. Biden will be in Chicago tomorrow. He's expected to speak on this and we're told underscore recent job gains and low unemployment. But the president is facing some serious headwinds. Not only do polls suggest voters are skeptical of him on the economy, but there's also the nagging threat of a potential recession. So not even CNN taking Bidenomics very seriously may have been just another complete and utter fumble courtesy of the Biden White House. But let's ask our next guest about that and so much more. Dr. Randy Tober at Randy Tober MD. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, I live for the Kardashians. I'm a doctor? Huh? I'm a doctor? They're wrong. They're in an echo chamber. Doctor? 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 Various suburbs where they're extremely liberal, where people hit the tea rooms and go to James Taylor concerts mm. regularly. Are you a doctor? I am not a doctor. I'm a doctor. You dress up like Kamala and can be the wickedest witch in the East. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! <laughs> 
mornings, Dr. Randy Tilber, the woke destroyer, freedom warrior. He's got the prescription for what ails us. Joining us once again at Randy Tobler, MD, and you can listen to him every afternoon on the Randy Tobler Show on our sister station if you're in mid-Missouri land, 93.9 The Eagle, coming out of Columbia. Doc, good morning to you. Welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Tim. Great to be with you. So, Dr. Tobler, uh, Bidenomics, that sounds like a winning message heading into the election year, given the fact that Americans are wondering week to week whether or not they can pay their bills whether or not they could put gas in their car, groceries in their cart, make ends meet. As most Americans, Doc, say the country, 71% of Americans, Doc, I don't know who you can get, I don't know how you can get 71% of Americans to agree that the sky is blue when the sun is shining, much less anything else. They say the country is on the wrong track. Wow. Are we living in two parallel universes where the White House is in one and the rest of us are in another? Well, I think we're certainly living in a, in a cognitive dissonance universe. I mean, I, I understand they're, they're trying to make the best out of jobs bought with Chinese borrowing, right? I mean, borrowing from the Chinese and printing money. Uh, you can certainly say you created jobs. That's been, you know, a, a loud drumbeat. Look at the jobs we've created. Clean new energy manufacturing. Georgia's going crazy. I think they just had a ribbon cutting in another battery plant down there. Um, so, yeah, you can buy jobs and you can say the jobs that were lost in the pandemic have been replaced, but that's not creating new jobs. I mean, it's 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 frankly lying. It's just deceitful messaging. And I I'm glad that, you know, many people have pointed that out, except the the, the media that those independent voters often are the ones that are watching. They're watching the NPRs, the CNNs, the, you know, MSNBCs occasionally, the, you know, the legacy broadcast media. And you don't you don't hear them talking about the truth, and which sounds like nuance, but it isn't. I mean, look, if you lose however many million jobs during the pandemic and then you replace those, that's not new jobs. But yet they've been able to promulgate that myth. And on the other hand, I mean, I, I don't know what they're talking about. I went out I went out this morning on the way to to the office. I bought um, two little pints of blueberries. A pint of blackberries, a pint of of, uh, of raspberries, and oh, the strawberries were on sale, and a little thing of cr- cottage cheese. And like thirty seven dollars later, Tim, I'm, like, I'm looking smokes. at two, I'm looking at two or three bags of, of of what is healthy food, and I'm going, holy cow, we got a problem here. I don't do the shopping much, so it was a real eye opener for me. Although I'm aware of it in general, so you're right. I mean, there's uh, there's just I, they, they look. This is the this is the Democrat and the left mantra. If you say a lie often enough. Enough people will vote for you to keep you in power. It's all about power and the lying that's required to maintain power. It's that simple. Randy, you hit the nail on the head right there. That's exactly where I was going next because, Randy, I guess when you – okay, so on one hand, you have a super, super majority of the nation saying that the country is on the wrong track. Which party should be responsible for that? Well – Maybe not for everything because they don't control everything, but they sure do control a lot of things, and that would be the Democrats. They've controlled a lot of things in this country. A lot of the decisions they've made have had the impacts on where we are. So 71% of Americans disagree with the direction of the country, and I would say that's largely the direction of the country that Joe Biden and Democrats have taken us in. However, Randy, when you look at the presidential polling, and honestly, it's almost a dead heat, whether it's Trump or DeSantis now – when you put Democrat against Republican, Americans are still conflicted. And, you know, yep. in any given poll, maybe Biden's up a few points on Trump. 
Maybe Biden's up a couple points on DeSantis. Maybe Trump and DeSantis lead in a couple other polls. It's all pretty much within the margin of error. Randy, if the if the supermajority of the country thinks that we're going in the wrong direction, why aren't they blaming it more on the Democrats and choosing Republicans to lead them? Is the is the Republican messaging not quite right? Or is it because Democrats lie with abandon? So they're not quite wrong? Or is it a mixture of all of that? Well, I think it's I think it's A and B. I think you're right. I mean, I think the messaging is always consistent and unified on the left. I mean, I I think there's some reality to, to this vision I have in my head. Like every morning at, yeah, what is it, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m., you know, someone at the DNC or some in collaboration with the White House and Chuck Schumer um, and Hakeem Jeffries, formerly Nancy Pelosi, they get together and they say, these are the talking points. These yes. are the marching orders for all of our minions out there. And whether it's the media, whether it's our people from municipal government all the way to the federal level, cabinet level, bureaucracy, when they're at their at their parties. I know they can't say it at the office, allegedly, but, um, but this is what goes out every morning. And then they have their conference calls. And I don't know if that happens in the RNC. You'd know better than me. If it does, maybe maybe Republicans and conservatives are just so darn independent, which is a, generally a, a good trait in, in individuals. Um, but that's not good for, for unified political messaging. So I think there's a messaging problem. Furthermore, I think that the social issues are really hurting the, the conservatives. Um, you know, the, the, the Dobbs decision, ironically, while it was a long and, and hard-fought and, and well-won battle, I think it hurt politically in the 22 midterms, and I don't know what's going to happen in 24, but I think that continues to be a, a drag on the uh, on what would otherwise be a very forward-looking sailboat called the conservative-slash-Republican movement. Yeah, Randy, I understand the politics of it, but but we don't want to give up on that message, right? Like, because then no, why would no, we no, wanna, no. why would we want to? We need to be. We need to teach people. We need to have people get excited about the culture of life, right? Because it seems, Randy, all the Democrats want to offer these days of the is a is a culture of death and nihilism, right? That's the end result of abortion on demand. Yeah. That's the end result of the transgender cult. But we got to. I guess. I guess we have to convince people in the right way that why aren't we embracing life? No, you're right, and and I think that you're so right. I mean, we're going to have in the in the conservative movement. I think there's going to have to be a decision whether we stand by our guns and say, "Look, right is right, and this is where we draw the line. Life is protected, and well, innocent life, because of course they'll push back on capital punishment mm-hmm. arguments and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. But innocent life should absolutely be protected." And, um, you know, whether it should be criminalized, I mean, some people on the right have said, you know, it, women should be put to death if they murder someone. You know, I mean, come on. I, I think we can have a reasonable uh, discussion about what should be the incentives, hopefully many more incentives and carrots for honoring life and support of that rather than sticks. And I think that's a that's a winning argument. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I, I just think that at, at, at some point, you're seeing, I mean, culturally, we know this, that people live their lives. People are not, people are not generally pro-choice. Uh, they're generally um, like, uh, are, are pro-abortion. I think most individuals are like, oh, man. In rare cases, I guess it's a necessary evil. And I don't, that, that, was, that, that won the day in the Clinton era, so I don't know why, why the Republicans can't get together and make some kind of a unified message that, that speaks to enough of a large swath of independent voters that, you know, that'll, it'll be sort of a non-issue at that point. Mm, you would think so. Absolutely, indeed. We're speaking to Dr. Randy Tolber, at Randy Tolber, MD on Twitter, host of The Randy Tolber Show, on our sister station, 93.9 The Eagle, up in Columbia, mid-Missouri land. You can hear him throughout Columbia and Jefferson City and points beyond. 
Uh, Doc, let's talk about something so much more fun. Hunter Biden. Uh, I don't know if you <laughs> saw this. I don't know if you saw this yet, Randy. The House Repu- Thank God for the House Republicans. Randy, could you imagine if we had not taken the House? It would be a pretty oh, yeah. dark, dreary world right now. Well, it's not. We've got the Republicans at the helm, and they just released new Hunter WhatsApp messages. Randy, get this quote from Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden says uh, in one of these messages, he's talking to um, he's talking to Gongwen Dong, a CEFC China Energy associate, who he for for some reason uses the nickname Kevin. Okay, Hunter says, <laughs> "I'm tired of this, Kevin." Kevin Dong, uh, I can make five. I can make five million in salary from any law firm in America because he's such a great lawyer. Hunter Biden is. If you think it's about money, it's not. The Bidens are the best at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. Let's not quibble over peanuts. Holy Toledo, Randy Tober! If this was a Trump or if this was any Republican. This would be front page news, top to bottom coverage. <laughs> CNN would be doing exposés on it. Will it get covered? Are the walls closing in on the Biden criminal crime family? I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to know the details on this. I heard Alan Dershowitz talking about this the other day, and I felt pretty good about the fact that Alan shares the same concerns I do. And I thought, okay, he's a Harvard law professor. Here's the problem. And by the way, no matter how you paint this from a legal perspective, from an ethical and moral perspective, the deal with Kevin Dong Wong Dong smells like Dong uh, Dong Poo Dung, okay? Yes. And uh, it, it doesn't smell right. However, the big question is, these emails came out in 2017. Joe Biden was not president then. And I don't know if, it, unless you can tie this, I'm talking from a legal prosecution perspective, and you can address sure. this better than me. You know, if if promise, I want to know, I want Hunter Biden in front of Congress and ask the simple question, what commitment was made? When was it made? What was it for? And was this just a matter of Joe Biden calling up, you know, people in influential positions in the deep state saying, hey, uh, you know, you know who I am, uh, you know, deliver the goods. I don't know whether that's illegal. It's certainly corrupt. It's certainly unethical. Certainly something that anyone considering for Joe Biden should absolutely say that's a non-starter. I'm done. But from a legal perspective, that's what I don't know. What do you think? I'm just not sure. Yeah. Randy, I think the question I would ask him, I would, I would confront him now with this latest message. And I'd say, well, first of all, I would establish that he sent it. And then I would say, so Hunter, you said that the Bidens, okay, I would, I would completely take apart this whole sentence, Randy, as, as a good, uh, interested attorney, I would say the Bidens. Okay, Hunter, who are the Bidens? What does that include? Is that Good. it can't just be you because you use the plural. So I would get him to admit that it includes his father. And then they're the best at doing what the chairman wants. What is that that the chairman mm-hmm. wants, Hunter? What is it that the hunt that the Bidens are the best at doing? What is the Biden family business that you're talking about yeah. here? Yeah. And and now in the present tense, that question, if you extrapolate it forward, is so what what kind of entanglement does the now president of the United States have and what does he owe because of past gains for the Biden crime family? Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are all beautiful Mm -hmm. questions. And at a minimum, Tim, at a minimum, any thinking human being that can that is a voting age should say enough. 
this is too dirty. This smells too bad. I cannot vote for this man. We we have to get him out of office. We have to remove that's, him. He is the most corrupt president we've had in in ages. That's exactly the point. Randy, if folks are uh, traveling all across the great state of Missouri and happen to go through mid-Missouri today, what are they going to hear on the Randy Tobler Show this afternoon? We're going to talk with uh, Zach Smith, our friend from Heritage, about that Supreme Court decision yesterday. I'm curious whether the, uh, you know, sort of the handcuffing of state legislatures to some degree in uh, gerrymandering, whether that, what that would have meant in the 7-1 versus 6-2 debate a couple of uh, sessions ago in Missouri and what Mm -hmm. it means going forward. Mm -hmm. So it'll be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, could not agree more. That's going to be an interesting discussion indeed. At Randy Tolber, MD, for all those details and more. Doc, thanks for so much for everything as always, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, see you then. All right, very good. Randy Tolber at Randy Tolber, MD. 731, nearly 70, 732 here in the Heartland. Don Luzader with a local news update for all y'all. And you know what? When we come back, I know I've been very busy this morning. We will open up the phone lines. We'll be happy to speak with you. Would you like to give us a holler? 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933 as Wake Up Springfield rolls on here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 732. We have uh, some clouds out there, 73 degrees. We are looking for the skies to clear and sunny and hot conditions uh, to uh, descend upon the Ozarks today with a high reaching 98 degrees those heat index readings up around 106 with a heat advisory that's been posted for not only today but thursday and friday as well we could be setting some record high temperatures tomorrow a man has drowned at table rock lake the highway patrol says harry chamberlain of shell knob who is 62 is believed to have fallen overboard from his boat while fishing monday near the highway 86 bridge at table rock lake his body was recovered tuesday morning one of the two men charged in the death of Cassidy Rainwater and the murder of Rainwater has entered a guilty plea. It happened in court Tuesday in Dallas County. Timothy Norton pleading guilty to first-degree murder and the uh, Rainwater's death in the summer of 2021. A judge sentenced him to life in prison without parole. Earlier this year, a judge sentenced a co-defendant, James Phelps, to life in prison without probation or parole after he entered an Alford plea. McDonald County woman is facing charges for the death of a woman's unborn child. The Department of Justice news release says Amber Waterman, 43 years old from Pineville, is charged with one count of kidnapping resulting in death and one count of a death of a child in utero. The indictment alleges that uh, Amber... 93.3 and AM 560. By being silent, we are a part of the problem. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Also, there's got to be a better reason for waging this the most pointless war of all. What is it? Well, thankfully, we have an answer. The war against Russia, ladies and gentlemen, the war against Putin and for Ukraine is, in fact, a war for democracy. Watch and recall the motive. The president has said many times we are focused on what we can do to support Ukraine's effort uh, to fight for their democracy. As Pelosi puts it, the Ukrainian people are fighting the fight for their democracy and for ours as well. Without Ukrainian democracy, in other words, we can have no democracy here. If the Ukrainians aren't free, neither are we. We must make sure they can vote in Kiev so we can continue to vote in Kansas City. It's really that simple. And yet tonight, we regret to tell you that we have a problem. It looks like they're not going to be able to vote in Kiev anymore. And no, for once, it's not Putin's fault. Democracy in Ukraine 
seems to be suspended by the world's foremost democracy advocate himself, Field Marshal Zelensky. This is the guy who just announced he's likely to cancel next year's elections. Well, there you have it. That's Tucker on Twitter, version seven, episode seven of Tucker on Twitter. And he currently now has, let me see here. Uh, give me a second here. I'm going to tell you how many views this morning. Let's see. So when we went on the air earlier this morning, when I looked this up to see what he was up to, uh, and I saw that episode seven had been released, he was around 6.8 million views. Holy Toledo. Since we've been on the air two hours, he has jumped to 7.9 million views over 1.1 million views for Tucker between 5.30 Central Time and 7.30 in the Midwest. That's amazing. He's up to nearly 8 million views. And he's right, as usual. You may not like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you may love the Ukrainians, the Ukrainian people. You may think that this war is the most important war ever to be fought in this millennium or any other. The problem is, you can like the Ukrainian. This is where, see, this is where, this is where the media gets you, right? Apparently, you can like and support the Ukrainian people, but you cannot criticize the Ukrainian government. You cannot criticize any vestiges of corruption at all going on in the Ukrainian government. When in the world did we decide, we being the royal we of the pontificating elites up on Capitol Hill, that Ukraine was the only beacon in a dark, dreary world of freedom and liberty. They're the only ones. They're the only ones who get it right, right? They're the only ones who are doing everything correctly, right? That they are the, what about all the, what about all the nations that are under attack and having civil wars going on in places like, you know, on the continent of Africa, right? What about the poor people? Why aren't we freeing North Korea, right? Why aren't we freeing North Korea from their mad dictator? Okay. Why are we ignoring the plight of the Uyghurs? Oh, did you hear about that story involving the mayor of, of, uh, Flores, of Florida, uh, the, the mayor of Florida, the mayor of Miami, Suarez, who jumped into the governor's race? Don, did you hear about the, uh, about Suarez? He may not be no. ready for prime time. No, sounds like it. Yeah. He was on, he was on Hugh Hewitt's radio show and Hugh Hewitt, who's, I love Hugh Hewitt. He's, uh, he's yeah, a great broadcaster. Too. Unfortunately, we don't carry him on KWTO, but he's a great broadcaster. I'm going to talk about him for a second because he's, he's a national, he's a national guy. Hugh Hewitt asked a very simple question. What do you, what would you do about the plight of the Uyghurs in China? Suarez said, what's a Uyghur? <laughs> yeah. He said, he is said that like a weeble? What? <laughs> he said, what is he that said. like a weeble? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The what? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's make fun of people who are being persecuted yeah. and genocided. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so, embarrassing! And this guy wants to be president. Yeah, um, uh, he uh, he. I'm, I'm looking up the story here to get his exact uh, quote here. But Suarez, who <clears throat> you know, Suarez is kind of a um, oh, I don't know. He's 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 a he's a very charismatic figure. He's not the most conservative person on the planet, but he you know he's kind of the you know he's one of the people that represents kind of the future. You know, hey. He is a very dashing, bright, articulate, brilliant Hispanic American who decided to wear the Republican label. So great. We should have a big tent, right? The problem is uh, he was asked by Hugh Hewitt on his radio show 
whether he would talk, whether whether he would. The question was, would he speak with the Uyghurs during his presidential campaign? Suarez responded, what's a Uyghur? Hewitt responded, you've got to get smart on that, dude. So. Yeah, then he said, you gave me homework, Hugh. I'll look at it. What was it? What did you call it? A weeble? Yeah. And he was laughing about it. These are how how is it that, you know, us hillbillies here in flyover country know all about the Uyghurs because we've talked about it. We've talked about the Uyghur genocide on this program. Not lately. It's a horrible, sad state of affairs. But we know what the Uyghurs are. The mayor of Miami, one of the most advanced civilizations in our country, right? I mean, they're supposed to be so hip and elite and cosmopolitan and worldly. He doesn't know about the plight of the Uyghurs in China. Good grief. And he's a politician. Yikes. Not ready for prime time. That kind of reminds me of all the missteps over the years that kind of ended the career. I mean, I don't know if that ends his career or not, but there's been things that have been lesser. Remember Marco Rubio back during the 2016 um, candidate uh, debates where, or no, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't the debates. Marco Rubio was given the responsibility of giving the response to the State of the Union several years ago. And right in the middle of his response, he stopped went and got a glass of water and drank it on air. And people were like, dude, are you that stressed out about giving this speech that you couldn't get through it without getting a drink of water? I mean, he looked panicked throughout the whole thing. So apparently after the Hewitt interview, he must have Wikipedia'd uh, the term uh, because then he says, he puts out a statement to CNN that says, of course, I'm well aware of the suffering of the Uyghurs in China. They're being enslaved because of their faith. And he, you know, China has a deplorable record uh, on human rights. It's uh, like, did he just, did he Google it or what did he do? He misunderstood. Allegedly, he misunderstood Hewitt's pronunciation. I'd like to hear the audio on that. What did Hewitt say? Did he say, did he say, well, uh, it, it, there's only one way to say it, Uyghur. Did yeah. he say, I got to be careful how I pronounce that word. I mean, uh, I can see that word, if you're not expecting that question. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, once he reiterates it, then you would know, I would hope. Yeah. And like you said, Don, it looks like somebody handed him a cue card and he read right off of it. Yeah. The Uyghurs. The Uyghurs, of course, are an enslaved people in of faith. China has a deplorable record on human rights. <laughs> exactly. All people of faith. I mean, <laughs> sounds like he's reading from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, boy. Not good. This was um, uh, Nikki. Oh, Nikki Haley responded to this. She says, I mean, I'm not a huge Nikki Haley. I'm not a fanboy, but she she did have a good one here. She goes, uh, I mean, genocide. We promised never again to look away from genocide. It's happening right now in China. No one is saying anything because they're too scared of China. Yeah, she's right. Come on, folks. The Uyghurs are a predominantly Muslim minority in China's western region who have faced widespread persecution by the Chinese government with the U.S. has determined a genocide. What are we doing about it? Not much, but at least we all knew know what it is. 745 here in Wake Up Springfield. Let's get to a pause. When we come back, we can take your phone calls. 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933. Well... The top Anheuser-Busch marketing executives that sparked the boycott are no longer employed. I'll tell you who those duds were. But yet Bud Light seems to not have learned its message. I can tell you what Bud Light could do to resurrect its brand. All that next at 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall, no major slowdowns to tell you about this time around. Uh, we have Battlefield and Campbell looking at the uh, traffic cameras there. It looks like about six, seven cars lined up at the light there. Uh, six, seven cars deep there 
just outside the Walgreens, uh, but I'm not really... 3 and AM 560. That was the old regime. Who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Sweet as candy. Breaking news. All right, Tim, are you ready for this? An exclusive source telling the Daily Caller Top Anheuser-Busch marketing execs responsible for boycott are no longer employed. (laughs) And the least surprising breaking news ever, they were originally put on leave and are no longer employed by Anheuser-Busch. Interesting, Interesting, though, they actually got terminated. Many of us (laughs) thought that they had been relegated to the uh, 95th floor back corner office with the broom closet in the broom closet. And that's that's where they were exiled for a while. But now Daily Caller confirming through internal text messages that group vice president for marketing Daniel Blake and Bud Light marketing vice president. This is the one. This was the most infamous woman in the Mm -hmm. land for a while. This was this was the poster girl for all of this for this entire debacle. Alyssa. Heinerscheid, I guess that's how you pronounce her name. Heinerscheid. Heinerscheid. <laughs> Bud Light marketing. Of course, of course, her name is Heinerscheid. Like it couldn't be like, it couldn't be like Alyssa Smith or something. Right. right. Now we have to focus on her name. Uh, Bud Light marketing vice president Alyssa Heinerscheid are gone, gone. I didn't stutter. That's what the text <laughs> message said. Gone, gone. According to obtained text messages with a current regional head of marketing, so it came directly from the inside from a regional head of marketing for Anheuser-Busch, AB InBev. That's what they are right now, folks. They're AB InBev. They're not. Unfortunately, they're not Anheuser-Busch anymore. They're no longer an American company, and that's where everything started going south. Did you know that back in the day, Anheuser-Busch, true story. You can look this up. Anheuser-Busch, decades ago, like 15, 20 years ago, had the opportunity in front of its face to purchase InBev. Yeah. They could have bought InBev. And you know why they declined to buy InBev? I remember reading this story a couple years later, many years ago. The story was the AB executives at the time, the brass at Anheuser-Busch, felt that InBev was too small of an inconsequential brand to purchase. Huh! <laughs> How the tables got turned on them, yes, they did. right? Maybe it's because you're a stupid. Maybe it's because you're a giant stupido. I couldn't agree more with Ben Shapiro on that one. Yeah, I mean, so the tables got turned, and I don't know if anybody knows. I don't. Know if, a lot of you know this. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Um, it was not. It was not a. Uh, it was not a, a uh, congenial merger. It wasn't like a merger of. Of um of convenience, it was a hostile takeover. AB InBev committed a corporate hostile takeover of Anheuser Busch, so AB InBev like came back and was like, "All right, well, you're guess what? Not only did you decline to buy us back in the like early two thousands, we're now going to buy you and own you, and we're going to do a you know basically a, a, they basically did it through a stock purchase, you know." 
They bought, they basically bought so much of Anheuser-Busch's stock that they became majority shareholders and they caused a hostile takeover of the company. And then when Anheuser-Busch saw the writing on the wall, they then had, they then acquiesced. I mean, you know, no shots were fired or anything. It wasn't like that dramatic. And it happens all the time in the world of corporations, but lesson learned. Uh, when you have an opportunity to purchase your competitors, maybe go ahead and do it. And that's where the once mighty Anheuser-Busch brand began to suffer and fall and fail. And of course, they they're denying that they, they're denying that they fired those two people, of <laughs> course. Uh, and, uh, are they they're, really? Yeah. They're maintaining that the pair are on a leave of absence. Right. <laughs> like forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a permanent leave of absence, maybe. <laughs> I think Aerosmith did a song about that little permanent vacation. Uh, well, there you go. I guess we'll see if they pop back up. So <clears throat> what could, I told you I was going to tell you what um, AB InBev could do to resurrect this once mighty brand that I personally don't like Bud Light. I never have. I think, I think it's, well, I can't say what I think it is on air. Um, well, you're the same person who likes super dry wine, so it would make sense that you like super dark beer too. Well, I don't like super dark beer. I like a good Pilsner. To me, to me, Bud Light is way too watered down. It's way too, it's too light. You know what I mean? It's, not that it's I'm a big too- drinker because I'm absolutely not, but I can see why people would like it just because it's easier to drink. Like stouter stuff. Yeah, if you want to get hammered. Well, stouter stuff wanna- is just bitter and kind of nasty. I got something. I got beer that's not that's not stout at all. Like uh, for instance, I uh, so since I don't drink AB InBev products anymore, I've I've completely Yingling. cleansed them from my refrigerator. I have. I I got, I got rid of the last Mick Ultra last week. And you know what? I love Michelob. So okay, for instance, I think Mick Ultra is a good beer. I think Michelob Ultra is a good beer. I think it's much better than Bud Light. Much better. Um, Heineken, uh, the Dutch beer. Uh, Heineken is a, Heineken is a very light beer. They don't call it. There is Heineken light, but just regular old Heineken is a very lightly colored Pilsner. I think it's much better than Bud Light. So anyway, Amstel light, Amstel light's another really good beer. Um, Modelo, uh, Corona. These are all lighter beers. I just think Bud Light is too light. Like it's too watered down. That's, that's my point. Anyway. What could they do though? Because a lot of people do like Bud Light. Like to Cass's point, a lot of people drink. It, it, it was that it was that it was the number one beer in America. To Cass's point, it was. So I think they need to come forward. They'll never do this, by the way, because they're so afraid at you know not being so woke. Uh, they're they're already running afoul of the LGBTQ XYZ community because they're basically having to admit they made a big mistake. So what they need to do is, I'm sorry. They need to decide where the majority, where the super majority of their current and future beer drinkers might be. And that would be for people who do not approve of Dylan Mulvaney and the promotion of the trans cult. So they need to apologize. Number one, they need to have a legitimate, full frontal, nationally televised apology from someone way up the food chain, maybe the CEO himself or somebody in the marketing department. It's the three hardest words to admit. We were wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. They were wrong. And then, Don, I think they need to do some hardcore uh, Great America campaign, yep. do a bunch of camo cans, and hire Kid Rock to be your spokesman. That's my that's my cure for fixing Bud Light. Although you probably have to pay him a lot of money right now. You would. Yeah, you would. You know he moved to um, – do you know he has a huge compound in um, Tennessee? He lives in Tennessee now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, he got the heck out of Detroit where he's from, and he probably lived in L.A. or Hollywood for a while. 
But uh, yeah, he has this massive compound. There's videos of him all over the internet. He's like driving boats around on his lake and shooting things and blowing things up. Tucker <laughs> Blow, Carlson went up down Light. and visited. Yeah, blowing up Bud Light. I think he did. I think he actually did do that. I think there was a viral video where he like yeah. nuked some Bud Light. Yeah. Tucker Carlson went down uh, when he was still on TV and about six, seven months ago and did a whole like expose with Kid Rock. Tucker was hanging with Kid Rock at his compound. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's very good. Tucker Carlson somehow was able to pull off like ultra preppy nerd and cool at the same time. Like Tucker Carlson so embraces his wonky public policy, nerdy exterior. He wears it so well that he can like hang with Kid Rock, that he's that cool. It's because Tucker Carlson's comfortable in his own skin, right? Tucker Carlson's like, he's, Tucker Carlson is like one of the happiest men on earth. You know, he's not the, he does very well. Oh yes, he's, he's a multimillionaire. He's not the richest person on the planet though, but I'll tell you, he's definitely one of the happiest. And you know why? You know what makes him happy? I think it's because he tells the truth. He tells the truth in an interesting way and he makes us think interesting things. All right, seven, my goodness, it is 7.58 here in the heartland. We've got one hour of the show left. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to do Tim's Top 3, Part 3. We're going to talk to Tristan Justice of The Federalist all about Adam Shifty. Schiff, why did Schiff for brains get censored? And what does that ultimately mean? Tristan's going to break it all down for us just before we take the morning dump. All that and more. Wow, what an 8 o'clock hour. 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Greenfield's home of the Dan Bongino Show. This is what I find ironic and why people want to get away from dumb liberals. Because liberals swear by government. They want to give government a big handy. They want to give them a back rub. They love government. They kiss the ass of it. They worship it. Dan Bongino. It is their the Zeus Mount Olympus God. And yet the minute their own government that they love. The illegal aliens have been Released into our communities. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. It's time for Tim's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy. Away. One. Sorry, I'm eating. <laughs> You're the most ridiculous. <laughs> I decided it's to fantastic. try to choke. It is fantastic. I tried to um, choke down a uh, granola bar really fast. Don, have you heard about this NFL story that just broke this morning? About the uh, the player, the player who drowned. drowned? Yes. Even I've heard yeah. about this. Yeah, I've had it all Florida, this morning. Yeah. Florida sheriff blasted beachgoers for ignoring warnings before ex NFL quarterback Ryan Mallett's drowning. Bay County Sheriff Tommy Ford said he was beyond frustrated with the tragic deaths in the Gulf. How horrific. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Really sad story. Let's um, talk about that in just a second. How about, first of all, we do, we do number two. two. Hunter Biden saying <laughs> extorting foreign companies, especially those in communist China and corrupt Ukraine, out of millions of dollars is what the Bidens do best. Well, he didn't exactly say it that way, but here's the quote. You tell me what you think this means. I'm tired of this Kevin. Kevin is the apparently Americanized name for Gong Wen Dong. I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. That's the guy's name. Gone okay? with the wind? Dong? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, Dong with the wind. Okay. We're, so, we're getting so much trouble. Oh, my God. So racist. Um, <laughs> hey, he, all, the, 
Although if he's a if he's a if if he's a if he if he's a communist Chinese dude, does can we just can we be racist with that? Because he's communist Chinese. I don't know. Uh, a CFC a CEFC China Energy Associate used the nickname Kevin. Here's the quote. <coughs> I'm tired of this, Kevin. You know what? For more effect, I'm going to use the guy's name. I'm tired of this dong. <laughs> so oh, childish. boy. I, I can I'm going to mute you. Careful, careful I, Tim. <laughs> I'm tired of this gong wen dong, a hunter said. I can make $5 million in salary, blah, blah, blah. The Bidens are the best at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. I mean... What more do we need? Oh my god, it's unbelievable. And how about we do number three? What's number three? I gotta find You think uh, Biden's telling his son, hush up, boy? Yeah. Hush up, boy. I, I bet he is. Oh, in a in an ideological cleansing over at the crippled Fox News, they just let the other shoe drop. They fired all of Tucker's remaining staffers. You know, they could have reassigned them other shows. Um, boy, talk about, an ide- talk about an ideological rift over there. All of Tucker's people are gone. He'll probably rehire most of them at his new at his new gig anyway. And that's Tim's top three. The completely unpolitically correct, barely FCC compliant version here on a Wednesday, June 28th. 8-10. I.O. Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. So, this beach, <coughs> Don, in Florida. Yeah. Is it, is it, oh, it's near Destin. Mallet drowned in the, in the waters <coughs> near Destin. Deltaplex News in Arkansas first reported Tuesday. Bay County Sheriff Tommy Ford warned those going to the beach to be careful after the recent spate of drowning deaths, which he said put first responders at risk as well. Bay County is near Okaloosa County, where Destin is located. Both counties sit along the Gulf of Mexico. I'm very familiar with this location. When I was a kid, my parents took us to Destin all the time. I haven't been to Destin. Well, I guess I went there for spring break about five or six years ago. Um, we kind of got tired of going during the spring because it's just like, it's just a, it's a you-know-what show. It's a poop show. It's uh, it's too crowded. Um, the sheriff said, I'm beyond frustrated at the situation. I've watched while deputies, firefighters, and lifeguards have risked their lives to save strangers. I've seen strangers die trying to save their children and loved ones, including two fathers on Father's Day. Uh, what's going on in Destin, Florida? Like, why is there suddenly a problem here? Like, what's, what's, are they, are they, I don't understand. I, I thought this was a nice, safe beach area. That's what it used to be when I was there. Are they going in an area where it's known for riptides or something? Uh, I, rip currents. I guess I'm yeah. confused. There, there apparently is rip currents. Uh, uh, that flow away from the shore at surf beaches. They typically form at breaks and sandbars. Uh, the weather service warns they can be dangerous as fast moving water can even uh, keep the strongest swimmers uh, from being able to survive this rip current deaths have risen nationwide to a high of 113 back in 2021. Wow. People are being too many, too much. And talk I mean, this guy, Ryan Mallett, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with him, but you know, Usually NFL quarterbacks are big, strong. Well, he, uh, he was a quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks, so he's known to a lot of people in this region uh, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for his work at Arkansas before he ever went to the NFL. And by the way, Cass was wondering before we saw this information, why would a guy like that, who you would think would be a very good swimmer, you know, in great shape, 
why yeah. would a guy like that drown? Well, this this gives us a little more insight into that. Yeah, very rip rip currents, man. They're not to be messed with. Um, yeah. And if you want to know what a rip current is, <clears throat> so if you've ever been to the ocean, when you're standing on the shore, you know how the water comes up and then it flows back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it has it people I guess people I guess some people think that the ocean's always moving in one direction. No. The ocean's moving in two different directions all the time. It flows up on basically on the top and then underneath it pulls back out. So a rip current, think of that that motion of the ocean going back out. It's when that undertide, right? The the inner tide is strong. There's like areas where that undertow that they also call it an undertow where the ocean floor drops down, it's really strong and powerful. It's like a giant vacuum. And I don't care how strong you are. No human being is going to win over the ocean. You know, right. it's it's too big and too strong, especially when you get, he was probably swimming too far out or something, you know, yeah. is what happened. Very sad. Because generally, if you can touch the, the, yeah, if you can touch the bottom, you're going to be okay. Yeah, he was currently, so he played in the NFL, Don, and then he was a coach. Um, yes. In Whitehall, Texas. Whitehall, Arkansas. Yeah. <clears throat> so very sad. Very sad story indeed. He was only 35 years old. How sh- what a shame. Hey, folks, if you're going on vacations, I know many of you are uh, getting ready to go on vacations, right? July, one of the biggest vacation months in the country. And I know a lot of us here in Missouri, where do we go, right? Closest body of salt water is uh, the Gulf Coast, right? So a lot of people drive down, fly down, whatever. We used to drive down all the time. Do it sometimes for spring break. You got to be careful. Do not mess with the ocean. When they've got those warning flags out and they're telling you not to go in certain areas, do not risk it. I don't care how strong of a swimmer you think you might be. There's your public service announcement for today. I want all you to be happy as campers this summer and with us until the end and beyond. All right. We, um, <clears throat> I need to take a break, don't I? Yeah, it's 8.15 already. Uh, let's see. We did Tim's top three, uh, the non-politically correct version. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Tristan Justice, Western correspondent for The Federalist. The Federalist, as you know, one of my favorite online publications. We're going to talk to him about the censure of Adam Schiff. You know, you didn't hear much about it except that, okay, they had a vote. It failed. They had a vote again. It passed. They've censured Adam, Adam Schiff. What does that mean? Will Adam Schiff simply use this to his benefit? Will he learn anything from it? Is there any real punishment Why did we censure Adam Schiff? What all did we believe that he committed? Tell you what, it's a lot deeper than what the media is reporting. We'll talk to Tristan Justice from The Federalist about that and so much more. Morning Dump at 845. Don Luzader's local traffic report now and next. 93.3 M560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall traffic moving well on the streets of Springfield this morning. Want to let you know that uh, southbound Fremont Avenue is closed today between Bennett and Portland. Uh, that's starting uh, here in about 830 and will be closed through 430 this afternoon for some sewer work. Uh, now southbound traffic is advised to follow the uh, posted detour via Bennett's analysis opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Just a young gun. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. 
I think, Hunt, you know, what we saw with Hunter appearing at the state dinner was, in my suspicion, was the president, his son wanted to come, so his son's going to come to the dinner. Was that optically easier for the White House and the White House communications team? Absolutely not. But I suspect that was more in the family circumstance of him wanting to come and wanting to just, the president wanting to show that he loves his son and he's standing by him. That's where Anna Navarro got it, Tim. She got it from Jen Psaki. <laughs> Oh, from circle back. Oh, Joe Biden is just loving. He's a father first and he's just loving his son, even though his son smokes Parmesan cheese and objectifies women. It's fine. It's fine. So so it's exactly what Randy Tobler said, Cass, earlier this morning. They all circulate their talking points at uh, at 8 a.m. Eastern and they are 7 a.m. Eastern and they know exactly what to say throughout the day. You're right. Circle back set it up. She's still the White House spokesperson, isn't she, Cass? Because yes. Jean-Pierre is a disaster. I so, bet they plant they they sent Jen Psaki off into the media to be a bigger, more in 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 yes. your face voice. I yes. I wonder if she's still on somebody's uh, behind the scenes cash only payroll on this one. So she is the propagator of all the disinformation. And Cass Cass is right. I think we have a sounder that does that. Cass Cass is right. Cass is so right. Cass is right. What Cass is so right. When did Cass I is right. You were so right. When did I, <laughs> why would I, I? Why would I have said that? Because, because I mm. pull every time you mm. say Cass is awesome or right or something, I mm. always like clip it and just keep it in my back pocket for when I need to harass you. So, Cass, what we're pointing out to people is something that is an axiom of politics. Yeah, and I think it's unfortunate. And and you know what? There's there's good in what I'm going to say, and it's also there's some unfortunate circumstances when I say there's a lot more ways to be involved in politics and sometimes at a deeper and more powerful and more important level than be than to be an elected office right Cass and you yeah. probably didn't understand that or know that when you first started working here and I get it all the time Cass people are like oh aren't you so sad that you're out of office and do you miss it? And are you going to go back? And a lot of times I, I, some, sometimes I do. Okay. Look, sometimes I go, yes, I miss parts of it. But then other times I go, hell no, I'm having a lot more fun. I'm getting paid more money because of all the other political projects I do. I get to see more of the nation than just, didn't just sit. Hey, look, being a state rep, I, I can be, I can be, uh, I can be critical of this, right? Because I was a state rep, I was a city councilman, and sometimes you're doing great things, but other times when you've got the wrong leadership team and you can't move forward on important measures, you're sitting there like a bump on a log, and you're absolutely completely useless. No offense to my best friends in the state house and the state senate, and and some of them are probably not in their heads and agreeing with me right now. So there's many ways to have and influence in the world of politics and public policy. Not being an elected official. Yes, that's important. Yeah, absolutely. We are a, we are a constitutional representative democracy. So we need our representatives, right? But when our representatives get hamstrung, when they get stuck in the mud, when they get mired down, whether through their own fault or the fault of their leadership team, that's where people like I and Jen Psaki on the other side of the aisle, that's where we come in because we have bullhorns. We have megaphones. And, you know, 
we don't all do these things forever and we don't only just do our work through the microphone. Folks, I work for seven other entities or individuals. There's a lot of work I do that none of you will see or ever will see, but it does have an impact. I work with several national organizations. I work with 50 state legislatures. When I go to Florida at the end of July, I will be at a meeting with 2,000 stakeholders, elected officials, and important public policymakers from around the entire country. And okay, call it the vast right-wing conspiracy if you want. I call it a sharing of ideas and a networking meeting. I want to know what's working in Montana these days that's not in Missouri. What are they doing in South Dakota that we're not doing here in the Show Me State? What's happening in Tennessee that I can learn from? And then I bring that information back and I talk about it on the radio. I talk about it off air to my legislative friends. There's a lot of people involved in politics. Now, some of that's good. Some of that's bad. We don't want shadow governments. We want transparency. We don't want our representatives to just be conduits for um, left-wing lunatics or on the right, you know, for, for you know, we, we, want, we want our representatives to be their own people and do their own things, but they need help too. They'll tell you. They love learning from others. So Jen Psaki, folks, my whole point on this is, and I think we just proved it with what Cass played there. Jen Psaki is still an incredibly influential and important person on the left-hand side of the aisle. As much as we make fun of them, as much as we try to ignore them, you can't. What just happened? Jen Psaki just told the liberal universe what the talking point should be. And Cash, the view picked it right up. And so is CNN. They did. And you know what? Tens of millions of Americans, that's what they hear. That becomes what they think. And you're moving an entire, look, it's like the Titanic every single day. But it's the voices of a thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand provocateurs on the left and the right. Yes, the elected officials are very important, but they can't do this job by their own. And you know what? On the right, the Republican elected officials, they are outgunned and outmanned every single day by deep state dysfunction. They need people like me and Cass and all the other people out there who are in broadcast, who are in the think tanks, uh, like um, Jonathan Williams, we talked to from Alec. Like Zach Smith, we talked to it from Heritage and Dakota Wood. We, we, we are, because we are so outnumbered every single day by the mass amount of media, everybody in this. So anyway, my point is many of you could give a rip about being involved in the political public policy process, but you are because you're listening to this radio station. If you're hearing my voice right now, you are. You're all part of this. You're all important. You can all help perpetuate this message. We're all in this together. Yeah. And do you remember that clip that circulated around the time of COVID that put probably 50 different local news outlets all in sync and they yes. all said the exact same yes. line? Soros so, funded. Yeah, yes. It independent. Was, yes. The independent, the new independent journalists. Yes. yes. Where they were all saying the exact same talking points about spreading misinformation and coronavirus. And it was, it was your local mom and pop small town news stations, but there were probably hundreds of them that all said the same line. And it was proven because some talented producer went and put it all together. But you know yes. what people like the view, what they're doing to themselves now during the Biden presidency is because they are perpetuating talking points that 
probably they're smart enough to know don't pass the smell test, but they're saying it anyways because they will die on their crazed hill to defend Joe Biden and the left through anything and everything, every bit of lunacy that's just a step too far. They are setting themselves up for another talented producer in a few years, whenever it flips back to the Republican control, to have to do before and afters of them saying one thing and having one standard for Joe Biden and all of the Democrats, and then flipping it and not having the same standard for Republicans. For example, like they are saying, you know, Joe Biden's just being a father first, right? A father first. Right. Oh, it's all about being a father. Say, Protecting... Yes. Protecting the criminal crime cartel because he's yeah. just being a good dad. Like in The Sopranos or The Godfather. Yes. But then, you know, say DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy or Trump or anybody is in office in 2020, uh, well, in 2025, and they do something similar. Say DeSantis's wife, say he's president and DeSantis's wife gets sick again and he needs to take some time off like on a weekend or something and something important is going on to go and, you know, take care of his sick wife in the hospital. They will not give him a break on that because remember, they've already come after Casey DeSantis already. But if it's Joe Biden taking every other weekend off to go to his house in the Hamptons or whatever, then that's okay. If it's Joe Biden taking care of his family and their drama, that's okay. They are literally setting themselves up for a talented producer to expose them in a few years. That's exactly right. And so, you know, I think we just proved the point that there's a lot of ways to be effective in the world of politics and public policy beyond being an elected representative. Now, again, we need really good elected representatives and senators and congressmen and governors. Absolutely. But those roles are that that's not the only thing we need. If we're just going to realize, oh, Congressman Eric Burleson, he can do all this by himself. No. He needs a staff and he needs you all out there. You need to be listening to our station when we have him on. You need to be subscribing to the Burleson Brief, which I get every week. You need to be looking at his Twitter feed. You need to know what he's working on so you can tell your neighbors and friends who either don't listen to radio, television, or anything in politics and public policy, or even worse, they're getting their news from the ABC Dinosaur Networks because they're seeing a, they're seeing a flash on their phone like something's dinging up. Oh, um, ABC's reporting that Donald Trump's a scumbag. Huh? He must be a scumbag. You know, if that's if that's where you're relying on, then you're not helping. And but you can help. And we just use the other side, Jen Psaki, to prove our point. How in the world is it that Jen Psaki says one thing in some podcast or on-air interview, and suddenly the View and CNN and everybody else are saying the same thing? It's because they're working together. It's one thing they do really well that we need to learn from them. We don't need to be the Borg. We don't need to be the Matrix. We don't need to be automatons. But we do need to learn how to work together and convey the message that freedom, liberty, and less government is better for this country. And the opposite of authoritarianism and censorship is not good at all. All right. When we get back, we can take your phone calls. 417-866-0933. I have a hung, I have a I have another question about today's public policy world as it relates to the Hunger Games that I'm going to ask Cass about when we return. And then we're going to take the morning dump. Doesn't that sound pleasant? At 845-933-AM560. KWTL.
93.3 and AM 560. KWTO News. KWTO News time is 8.30 in Springfield this morning. We have uh, cloudy skies. We do expect that sun to be out, though, today. And it is going to get downright hot with a heat advisory in effect today. Tomorrow all the way through Friday, we're at 74 degrees now. And we're looking for a high temp this afternoon of 97 with a heat index up around 105. One of two men accused in the murder of Cassidy Rainwater in Dallas County has entered a guilty plea. John Timothy Norton pleaded guilty to first-degree murder in Rainwater's death in the summer of 2021. A judge sentencing him to life in prison without parole. Earlier this year, a judge sentencing co-defendant James Phelps to life in prison without probation or parole after he entered what's known as an Alford plea. Brian Hellsworth, Zimmer News Network. The Springfield Public Schools Board has decided not to issue a statement of support for the LGBTQ community. Several people spoke against issuing a statement of support at Tuesday night's board meeting. Board member Steve McCoskey and two other board members also spoke in favor of removing safe space stickers and pride flags from schools. And we talked about the heat. The Springfield Green County Park Board is extending pool hours due to it. Fast Night Pool is open until late tonight. Silver Springs Pool will be open until 8 p.m. 3 and a.m. 560. That was the old regime. Who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and a.m. 560 KWTO. Senator Rick Scott here. Let me give you a, a travel warning. If you're a socialist, communist, somebody that believes in big government, I would think twice. Think twice if you're thinking about taking a vacation or moving to Florida. We're the free state of Florida. We actually don't believe in socialism. We actually know people, and we some people are saying lived under it. We know people lived under socialism. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. So if you're thinking about it, if you think about coming to Florida and you're a socialist or communist, think twice. We like freedom, liberty, capitalism, things like that. How dare you? So that's another reason we need communism. Boy, I love Rick Scott, man. He's a straight shooter, isn't he? He just said, look, Florida's awesome. It's fantastic. We want everybody to move here, but not you socialists or communists. Don't move. He sounds like Mr. Rogers, doesn't he? He's like, (laughs) he dumbed it down. (laughs) He really did. Hey, kids, socialism and communism sucks. So if you're one of those people, you're not welcome here. Yeah, we'll we'll take everybody else, though. Yeah, Rick Scott's right. And, uh, you know, in our lifetime, even in Cass's lifetime, Florida was a purplish state. It was a swing state. Even in my lifetime. (laughs) Even in your lifetime, I was alive for the hanging chads. Okay, young young Padawan, you remember? You don't you remember, remember? I don't remember it, but I was alive. <laughs> you were alive. You've been you've told you've been told about it. You've read about it. Okay. Yes, I may have been in kindergarten, but I was alive. <laughs> <clears throat> so Florida now is ruby red. I mean, and isn't it amazing? So there's an example. I I'm not saying it's it can work everywhere across the country, and it may not, but. The left, here's why the left was getting excited about Florida, because all of these Hispanic Americans were moving there, having families, growing their communities there. And the left thinks, well, if you're a brown person, well, you're a Democrat. Folks, the left, 
all of you liberals out there, I know you hang on my every word and you listen to the show endlessly. You're the most racist people out there. You're the ones who judge people on the color of their skin. You do it in maybe a bit of an odd way, but you think you you think about it in an authoritarian way. So you think brown person, black person, Democrat, liberal, leftist. How race do you do you understand that that's racist? That's racist. No, brown people, black people, they don't have to be you you all think you you all got in your heads somehow that white Republicans who, yeah, that may have been what our party looked like in the 1800s, you know, when it was first formed, when only men could vote, right? That's what every, uh, newsflash, that's what every party looked like, okay? In the mid-1800s, every party, Democrats, Republicans, Whigs, who, whatever else existed back then, white, wealthy landowners, that's a very small population in the country. And as the parties grew and expanded, more people of color were welcomed to them. You leftists have been deceived into thinking that Republicans are all still only and only everything but or everything only. That Republicans are only white, old, wealthy landowners. That's not the Republican Party. That hasn't been the Republican Party in generations. In fact, when the Republican Party was first established, and you know what? I had a uh, black friend of mine. Oh, Tim's got black friends. Yeah, I've got whole binders full of them. <sighs> Stupid ass. You know, don't give me that crap. You know, yes, I have black friends. I have brown friends. I have gay friends. I have friends that are women, that are men, that are that are every color of the rainbow. Okay. And you know what? A lot of them are conservatives, conservatives. There's these two guys I know. You know, there's these two guys I know. They're gay. Okay. They're partners. They are raging, fire breathing conservatives. When I'm around them, we're in public. I got to like tell them, like, tone it down a little bit because <laughs> these guys. So stop thinking that He's because so because of what's in your little noggin that you think you know everything is a liberal. Huh, brown person, Democrat, black person, leftist. So that's what they thought in Florida. They thought with all the influx of the Hispanic Americans that came there that Florida was going to be a Democrat blue state. Au contraire, mon frère. Um, I saw, I watched an old movie the other day. I was down at the lake. It was late. It was 1030. Uh, Nick Schroer and I were going to get a nightcap. We were both like, oh, we're beat. We're getting old. So, uh, you know, I was like, all right, but I'm not quite ready for bed. So I turned on TV and uh, a classic was on. Uh, Al Pacino in Scarface, right? Just a classic movie. Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, you've heard that phrase, right? That's where that comes from. It comes from Scarface. And Al Pacino is playing, he's an Italian, right? Al Pacino's Italian. He's playing a Cuban-American. Cass, I don't know that he could get away with that these days. I don't know that Al Pacino Italian would be a lot because they think Italians are white people now, right? They think Italians are white people, so you can't play people of color if you're an Italian. So Al Pacino would probably not be allowed to play Tony Montana. Tony Montana, who was the famous Cuban-American in Scarface. Yes, yes, because right now, if you get on um, like pop culture social media feeds where people are talking about pop culture and whatnot, leftists on there all the time like to criticize film directors for hiring, maybe it's a Pacific Islander, and they're playing a Mexican, and that's just so cultural appropriation. They're on this trend right now where apparently in Hollywood, 
only people who are literally of that direct bloodline can play characters of that bloodline. And they will track down your family history to make sure that you are that bloodline. Like you're an American Indian if you're going to play an American Indian. And it's just so obnoxious because they take it so far. Do they not know that Hollywood, they're playing characters? It's acting, guys. It's acting. Okay, I just sent you, I just sent you the most famous scene from Scarface. I don't think there's any cussing in it. There's a lot of cussing in this movie, a lot of F bombs, but I don't think this is the most, this is the most famous scene from one of the most famous gangster shoot 'em up drug running movies ever made. Al Pacino and Scarface. Cast, if you could play this, yes. that'd be fantastic. I'm going to have my I think finger on clean. the dump button. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. I think it's okay. This is the famous scene. Okay. Come on. Okay. Do you want to play with? Okay. Say hello to my little friend. I actually know that scene. I've never seen Scarface, but everybody always says, Say hello, say hello to, to my, my little friend. friend. <laughs> that's where that comes from? Yes, I had yes, no that's where idea. That comes from. I had no that's idea. That's Tony Montana. Tony Montoya. I'm sorry, not Tony Montana. Tony Montana, that'd be like a football player. Tony Montoya. Everybody say hello to my says little that. friend. I've even so, said that before. Say hello to my little friend. And I had no idea so why. <laughs> that's near the end of the movie cast. And they're like raiding his McMansion in uh, Miami. And he's got, he's armed to the teeth. And so he comes out and he's like, fine. You want to, you want to play rough? You want to play rough? Fine. We'll play rough. Say hello to my little friend. I just love it. <laughs> so it's fantastic. Anyway, I don't think Al Pacino could play a Cuban American these days. They'd be, well, although Cuban Americans are largely conservative. So maybe the left, leftists wouldn't care. Long story short, the beginning of that movie, it's amazing. I tell you what, the more history changes, the more it stays the same. Mm-hmm. The beginning of that movie was of something that I forgot that happened in the early 80s. And that was another immigration crisis. In the early 80s, there was an immigration crisis in this country where there was an invade, quote, invasion of Cuban Americans. They were fleeing Castro. Castro opened up. He was like, fine, I'm going to send all the worst hombres I have on the island. I'm going to send them all to the U.S. Castro opened up all the jails, all the workhouses, and he basically said, fine, go. You want to go to America? Go to America. So he sent us all the criminals. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what that story was about. Tony Montoya was a kind of two-bit, young, you know, thug, and he gets into the whole Cuban America. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, it's like the Cuban American version of The Godfather, okay? And it's all about the gangsters back in the 80s. Cuban Americans who ran Florida uh, with drug running and and you know everything else. It's basically like you know the Cuban Cuban Sopranos, you know. And so, um, very cool movie, very fun. A uh, little dated, you know. There's some there's some dated stuff in there. But there was an immigration crisis, and all the Cubans were camped out under this famous bridge in Miami, and it was a big deal. It was like a tent city and all that. So it just reminded me of like today, today's world with Texas, what Texas is going through. Anyway, all of those Cuban Americans, they eventually, you know, things calmed down. They integrated into the great American melting pot of society. They became America. They became business owners and shop owners and entrepreneurs and business magnates and financiers and bankers and elected officials. And guess what? They became Republicans. They became capitalists, free marketeers. So don't you think that just because somebody's color of skin is a certain shade that they're automatically going to be liberal leftists? You know what? That's called racism. Yes. Say hello to my little friend indeed. All right, we're going to get to a break now. Ah, final break of the morn.
Um, when we come back, the morning dump, everything we may have missed and more here at 93.3 and 560 KWTO. From the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall, we've been looking pretty good across the streets of Springfield this morning. We do have a uh, some type of a traffic issue, it looks like, over at Chestnut Expressway. Analysis, opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yeah, take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. It's time for... Yes. The, the morning, morning dump. dump. Me first, me first, me first. You go first. Mrs. Vanna White. Oh, now, yeah. Tell us all about Vanna White. So we all know that Ryan Seacrest is taking um, past Ajax's place on Wheel of Fortune. But Seacrest turns out. out Vanna White hasn't had a raise in 18 years. And she's what? gotten a yeah. And she's gotten a lawyer. Because she wants to use this opportunity of the changeover to get a raise that she hasn't had for 18 years on that show. And she literally got legal representation to help her out. She said, hey, if you want me to stay on the show, then I need a raise. Apparently, How much does she make? $3 million a year. Can you well, imagine per that? Per season. $3 million okay. per season. $3 million. Because their season, by the way, is recorded in like a 90-day period, I believe. Yeah. And so can you just to turn letters, Tim, you and I are in the wrong business. <laughs> We really are. Although, Don, I don't know that you or I would look good in anything in Vanna White's. Window. I don't believe we would, no. <laughs> <laughs> Vanna White has stayed attractive even in her older age. I think it's impressive. I, yeah, I she will say this. The thing, is, the thing is, for people who are similarly situated as her, you know, in that industry, in that world, she's, I would argue she's underpaid. You know, yeah. I know <laughs> it's turning letters, yeah. but given her industry, Given where she has to live, I that show is from. Uh, is it from Burbank, Don? Isn't that from California? Uh, yes, I believe so. So, look, folks. I know three million dollars sounds like a lot of money, and it is. And none of us would turn it down. But do you know how expensive it is to live in California? That's why everybody's leaving. If you want to have a modest, if you want to have a modest home, I'm talking a normal fifteen hundred square foot ranch without a pool. Anywhere within like a day's drive of the ocean out there. A friend of mine told me, you're going to spend, get this, a million to a million and a half dollars for a freaking bungalow. That's how ridiculous it's gotten. So can you imagine? Okay, I was out there. <clears throat> I was out there in December of 2021. That was while gas was starting to go up, but it wasn't anywhere near what it got to. Gas out there on the way up, like here it was like 275, maybe three bucks a gallon. It was like five and six dollars a gallon for gas. And that was before that was before the big spike. Wasn't the big spike like in 2022? It right, got like it really eight got or nine going? or ten dollars a gallon in Los <clears throat> Angeles. Yes. It almost, you're right, Cass. It almost hit ten dollars a gallon. They were like, we don't have enough squares on the board thingy to put $10 a gallon gas. We don't have enough boxes, you know, on the pumps or on the signs. It's ridiculous. Remember that one gas station I reported on that was going to go out of business? They were like, if this keeps up, 
we're out of here. It was like one of the oldest gas stations in like Montecito. So yeah, $3 million is a lot of money in Springfield, Missouri, in La Jolla, California, Burbank. eh, It's probably middle income. (laughs) She apparently lived in a luxurious home in Beverly Hills, but then sold it in late 2019. Well, her, her husband's a film producer. Look, right. So he's not a a pauper. Yeah, she's not a pauper. I just think that she's probably not being paid what she should be being. Hey, we can say it's a ridiculous industry. We can say it's silly, but this is what we do, right? The reason Wheel of Fortune's on TV and has been on forever is because we all watch it. That's the problem. Um, my uh, one of our fans, uh, Cass. I have a feeling this lady's related to you. Her Twitter handle, and she's she's a friend. She's a fan. Her Twitter handle, Cass, is Mo <laughs> Cat Lady. I it's promise it's lady. not me. I promise it's, it's not, not actually you. me. You're no. not stalking me in a different way. <laughs> no, okay. it's but Mo I Cat like lady. it. <laughs> and so you you would think that if somebody named Mo Cat Lady was uh was stalking me, that that would be some raging you know old hermit crab leftist. But no, Mo Cat Lady is a hardcore conservative. <laughs> in her little Twitter handle, she's got a little emoji of a cat, smiling cat, American flag, and a bald eagle. So. God bless you, Mo Cat Lady. Share we love with us you. your real so, identity. We want to know. I, I I shared a text this morning from the Babylon Bee because they blew up the internet again. <laughs> it's a picture of the White House press podium with the American flag and the podium. And there's this giant cloud of white smoke. Okay. And there's nobody there. The, <laughs> the Babylon Bee caption. Corinne Jean-Pierre throws smoke bomb and disappears when asked about Hunter Biden texts. <laughs> So, Corinne Jean-Pierre, tell us about the latest WhatsApp messages on uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Gone, right? So, And then Mo Cat Lady says, good morning, Mr. Speaker. I think she does this all the time. It's like she's not even there, even when she's talking to begin with. (laughs) Well played, Mo Cat Lady. Thanks so much for listening to us. Don, um, we've got a couple stories here. Uh, Oh, you just talked about this. I think this is worth reiterating. I think it's amazing. Did the Springfield Public Schools do in relation to the LGBTQ community as we exit Pride Month? Well, the board decided to not move forward to create a statement of support for the LGBTQ community. Uh, Board member Sharita Thomas-Tate suggested that it be on the agenda and that there were public comments asking or that she's had public comments asking for the support over a year uh, Thomas Tate uh, quoted during the meeting as saying, it doesn't cost us anything for us to tell students that we care about you and we are committed to that. But as you can imagine, Tim, there were some emotionally charged comments uh, during that board meeting. And um, Steve McCoskey uh, basically said, as a member of this board, I'm not here to push forward an agenda of sexual identity, glow, mm. pride, MAGA, whatever group or faction He and two other board members voiced also removing safe space stickers from schools along with pride flags. Uh, Others said it all comes down to focusing on the district's policy. So the Springfield School Board, at least now, uh, have uh, voted to, uh, well, multiple board members voted to remove safe space stickers from schools along with the pride flags, and they have chosen not as a board to issue an LGBTQ support statement. So very significant there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Truly, indeed, we need to have Steve McCoskey back on. We haven't had him on in a yeah. long time. Probably need to probably need to reach out to him and talk about this and everything else that he's been experiencing over the last couple of years. I'm glad they're removing safe spaces from school. Our kids are getting so so weak and thin skinned. Yeah, have you met Ridiculous. teenagers 
right now, teenagers right now are the most obnoxious, annoying creatures on the planet. And I don't know if I'm becoming an old curmudgeon with my post-college <laughs> no, days. They're coddled. They're, They're horrible. Caught. iPad kids are the worst. They're so ill-behaved. It's ridiculous. And they have to take a pill before they can take a test, by the way. Uh, my wife is good world. friends with a former school nurse, and it just got out of control. Yeah, absolutely indeed. Uh, Don, uh, the pool. Yeah. We're back to talking about uh, This is a different pool, though, right? Yeah. It's not Nixa pool. This is right. No, this is the Nixa pool. Green County yeah. Park Board pool. If someone, yeah. if someone tells you you need to go jump in a pool, that might actually be a good, good idea. Springfield Green County Park Board extending pool hours because of the heat. Fast night pool is going to be open till 8 tonight. Silver Springs pool open till 8 p.m. on Thursday and Friday. The pools are also offering free admission with a donation of a canned food item between 5.30 and 8 p.m. Cannonball! All right, folks, it's 8.57 in the heartland. Yeah, as Don said, stay cool. Stay hydrated. Hydrate or dihydrate, as my daughter Katie the Runner says. Make sure you do that over the next few days. Pools are a good place to be out of the sun. Wear your sunscreen, no melanoma, sunscreen, glasses. Stay cool. Check on your seniors. Make sure the dogs and the cats are inside. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow to give you an update on the heat and how it's plaguing the heartland. Maybe some welcome rain from above. Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Actually, I think we want the creek to rise a little bit at this point in time. Gary Nolan's up next. 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Mainstream media? Want a break from the same old liberal talking points? Check out the Elijah Har Show. You're a primary voter in Missouri, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. It's got to be pretty high up on the list of concerns you have. The former Speaker of the Missouri House breaks down the news of the day from D.C. to Glenstone. There's two drag shows sandwiched between those two drags for 15 minutes at the family-friendly activity. The Elijah Har Show.